0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. A few things before we get to our guest today, Nick Spencer, talking about Secret Empire. Um, I'm sure you've already seen it. It uh, came over the weekend, Powerless. Uh, They released the Adam West episode that never aired on NBC. It's on YouTube. I'm sure it's on all the NBC platforms. I'm sure it's on sale at iTunes as part of all the Powerless episodes. It was really funny, and um, if you haven't heard my interview with co-showrunner producer Patrick Schumacher, uh, he goes into the details of that episode and a few other episodes that sounded hilarious that uh, Powerless never ended up airing. I think he said uh, they made 12 and the plan was to show 11. And so far now they've, they've shown 10. So there's still uh, two that they haven't shown yet. And I don't know if, uh, you know, enough people are watching the YouTube Adam West one, and that might uh, get them to release the other two. But if you haven't heard that interview with Patrick Schumacher, uh, I was very happy with it, and he gave us a lot of insight. And also, uh, you know, I think the show illustrates that specific episode that Powerless could have, you know, if had it continued, improved and been tweaked and maybe gotten better. And I think we all know so many great shows get, you know, clipped in the first season – Uh, Because they don't have the time to adjust. And, uh, God, you know, Next Generation's first season was clunky. Buffy's first season, I think, has its detractors. Um, You never know. So, uh, yeah, I I just thought it was uh, a really good episode. A great send-off for Adam West, one of his final roles. And, um, you know, worth your time if you haven't watched it on YouTube. The Powerless episode with Adam West. And if you haven't heard my interview with Patrick Schumacher, you should give it a listen. Also, um, you know, I've been rough on uh, DC comics, and you know I'm enjoying a lot of stories in rebirth. A very surprising event. Uh, I've really enjoyed these uh, Warner Brother cartoon crossover issues they've done. And in particular, I think uh, Sam Humphreys doing Bugs Bunny with the Legion of Superheroes was pretty damn funny. And also um, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, meeting Marvin the Martian. Equally funny. So uh, those are two that I read that I thought were just hilarious. And are you reading uh, the Commandy uh, Challenge? I think that's a terrific uh, series so far. And, uh, you know, everyone who loves commandy I mean, you know, the original Kirby run, the excellent uh, version they did in Wednesday's comics, and I think this Commandy Challenge is uh, also equally great. And, of course, our buddy uh, Mike Oming and Gerard Way and company doing uh, Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye. I think that's been a wonderful uh, 12-issue series, and uh, I highly recommend it as well. So uh, just a few things that have uh, been on my mind lately. But now let's get to Nick Spencer. Uh, I'm still digging Secret Empire and um, the uh, satellite books that I'm following, certainly Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Steve Rogers, Captain America. I like the concept. I really have enjoyed the book, and uh, I'm happy to have Nick back. We talk about uh, uh, Issues 0 through 4. We originally did 0 through 3 and then uh, hit a snag and wanted to continue the, con- con- uh, the conversation. And by the time we got back to it, Issue 4 came out. So uh, this is a nice lengthy conversation about all the fac- facets of uh, Secret Empire. And I think you'll enjoy today's talk with Nick Spencer on Word Balloon. It's brought to you by InStockTrades at InStockTrades.com. And there's some really neat uh, collections that are available now from in-stock trades, things like Occupy Avengers trade paperback, Taking Back Justice, that's uh, Dave Walker and company, uh, 50% off. It's just uh, $8.99. Uh, we were talking about uh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. Reach back for a great collection from the 70s featuring Jerry Conway, Paul Levitz, Mike Grell, uh, so many great writers and artists. Rick Estrada is doing the art. Uh, this is your classic 70s Bronze Age Legion of Superheroes stuff. It's uh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes from 234 to 240. And uh, the oversized all-new Collector's Edition, which had a very big event, the Wedding of Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad. Um, it's so funny. Actually, just a couple weeks ago, someone was saying, where do I start with the Legion of Superheroes? This is a great place to start. I said start with the, Bronze Age, or the uh, Silver Age stuff. But if that's too hokey for you, and I can understand that, I think this is a really good place to start as well. This is uh, 312 pages. It's 50% off, just $24.99. You can also get Werewolf by Night Omnibus hardcover. (laughs) Mike uh, Ploog, Doug Munch, Jerry Conway, Marv Wolfman, Don Perlin. So many great creators on this. Um, This really goes back to the beginning. And this is really classic, much like Tomb of Dracula, uh, Marvel horror soap opera at its best. This collects Marvel Spotlight two through four, Werewolf by Night one through forty three, the full run Marvel Team Up number twelve, uh, crossover with the uh, Tomb of Dracula number eighteen, giant size creatures number one, giant size Werewolf two through five, Marvel Premiere twenty eight, and material from Monsters Unleashed six and seven. This is a man, a hell of a collection. Eleven hundred seventy six pages. off. It's just $50 at InStockTrades.com. You can also get Descender, Jeff Lemire. Good stuff, man. Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen. Wonderful sci-fi, beautiful series. Uh, This is Trade Paperback Volume 4, Orbital Mechanics. 42% off, $9.85. You can get the Poe Dameron uh, Trade Paperback Volume 2. Charles Soule, Phil Noto, doing beautiful work. Uh, everyone's new favorite character, one of their uh, favorite new characters from Force Awakens. Uh, This is Volume 2, The Gathering Storm. 45% off, it's $10.99. There's more, and all you have to do to get uh, information on uh, what's more is go to InStockTrades.com. You're going to find a lot of great books at great prices. Don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you receive free shipping from InStockTrades.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support. A couple more new people have uh, joined in the last few days, and i got to get my thank-you notes out to them. But really, uh, appreciate the subscription via Patreon. If uh, you like what you hear on Word Balloon and you think it's worth your while, is it worth the price of a comic book? You can go to wordballoon.com and click on the Patreon ad. That will take you to the Patreon page. And if you know, you, you've got the cash and think uh, it's worth your while, subscribe to Word Balloon. Word Balloon is free, but if you want to help the cause, it's a great way to do it. WordBalloon.com, click on the Patreon ad, or go to Patreon.com slash WordBalloon. All right, let's uh, welcome back Nick Spencer and get into the nitty-gritty of Secret Empire. Wonderful to have him back. I like the book, and I like this conversation. Nick Spencer, now on WordBalloon. All right, he's back. I, I, uh, I'm i surprised that I don't see any uh, bruises on you from all the rocks that uh, continue to be thrown at you, but it's, uh, it's Nick Spencer, everybody, and uh, we are uh, well into Secret Empire now. Interesting... Uh, development, certainly at the end of Secret Empire too that it was a big bum bum bum. Am I right? It was a bit of a moment. I'm <laughs> Welcome glad back, people man.
1: enjoyed it so much. Hey, thanks for having me, man.
0: As always, no, I hey, I'm I'm loving the story, and I think a lot of other people are too. I'm glad that uh, stores are certainly responding with this eventful blast and everything. I mean, I, I know that uh, was it the zero issue or the one issue that was you know and, and it's kind of it's slightly disputed because there were lenticular
1: lenticular
0: co- covers to be well, uh somebody give like. me
1: a lenticular cover let's see how we do if I get if I get some sweet hologram action uh yeah, yeah you know uh, props to those guys uh you know who who doing the button Tom King and oh, God, Josh you. Williamson One and story. those guys they're doing a fantastic story and it's it's fun to have all this coming out at the same time you know it's it's great for shops and great for readers that you know both the publishers are putting out big stories at once but you know i I don't make diamonds rules that's that was it that was it it. don't look at me (laughs) was it don't look at me
0: so was it issue one or issue zero that was
1: the that was issue zero that was issue zero and i imagine we'll, we'll have some uh things we can go public about about the first issue uh you know fairly soon so uh you know Oh, numbers-wise, Fingers sure. crossed.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Those numbers are never real, though, John. No, you're right. You, you know, yeah, Explain everybody, it. Everybody says that. I'll, I'll do respect to uh, uh, you know, to the Comic-Con folks and stuff, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Well, those, uh, no, really. you're kind of right <laughs> in terms of, you know, the yeah. – I mean, as we always remind people and stuff, it's, it's obviously the, the comic store owners that are the customers, the direct right. customers, and then it's a question of how much of their – Stock of course, they sell off and everything, but they obviously have confidence in the event that you know they're ordering it with such gusto.
1: Oh, it's been great. It's been great. We've gotten a lot of really good responses from retailers, and, and you know yeah. it seems like it's holding up pretty well. So, uh, you know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm very happy. You know, I I and
0: if uh, you know, I'll hear what you have to say when I say it. Um I was surprised in a good way. I wasn't expecting as much of a man in the high castle vibe from this story as
1: I'm sure. And I like it. (laughs) Well, thanks. Thanks. You know, that was uh, definitely a fundamental uh, part of the pitch. And, and, you know, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was directly in the proposals and stuff that I wanted to kind of channel that story. And I think it's kind of funny, you know, we've had uh, two Marvel events in a row that are, you know, writers basically, you know, taking some inspiration from Philip K. Dick's stories and, you know Philn's my favorite writer, so it, it's yeah. it's kind of a testament to uh, you know what he was tapping and uh you know how fundamental some of those stories are and and you know the kind of legs that they have so uh no it's 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 nice to you know hear that we're channeling that vibe successfully and you know it
0: it gives everyone an opportunity to have fun scenes beyond the event itself and that's why I think a lot of the uh, home front scenes, the scenes in school and, uh, you know, the, the scene that at the beginning of, uh, issue one where, uh, you know, the, the inhuman and his son are, are talking before he goes to school and everything. Right. So yeah, it's kind of, I like, I like seeing this kind of world beyond the story and everything and, and seeing, and obviously it, you know, what's happening in the real world impacts the story very greatly.
1: Well, I was, uh, you know, I was actually really nervous about, um, Opening the event with that kind of real world scene. Um, you know, that, that sometimes that goes over and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was really pleased by the response to, to, to how we opened and, and to that introductory scene. I, I don't think that we could have done anything with, you know, superheroes or a big superhero fight that would have gotten the point across as effectively. As the classroom scene and, and you know, the, the scene with the McAllisters and what ends up happening there. You know, I, I think that grounding it in something human um, and, you know, uh, you know, something a little more like normal life, yep. uh, I think helps to make the, the whole atmosphere through the event a lot more terrifying that, you know, you can kind of keep coming back to that uh, grounded element a, as we go through. And, and that's yeah
0: again it's that quiet calm that I think can be very chilling and that's clearly yeah. what's you know going on here as far as the real world but um, yeah. let's talk about uh, so we've got um, so we got the real world and then we've also got um, New York enveloped in darkness the dark force bubble right and uh, and and uh, Captain Marvel is, is now she's out in space beyond the shield of Earth exactly. And, and Dr. Strange is in New York and can do a little bit of magic, but obviously is enveloped in not, not as
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Strange is not, you know, as powerful as he used to be and, and, you know, is, is a little more limited in his abilities as a result of some of the stuff that Jason has been doing, uh, over in Dr. Strange. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, in the zero issue, you know, we kind of saw Steve's plan come to fruition and it's. Very much a divide and conquer strategy. It's 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 very much about you know drawing heroes into specific locations and then isolating those locations as a way of taking them off the board. Um, and you know for us also uh, one of the things I like about the structure of our events is I've done a lot of tie-ins to other folks' events, mm-hmm. and it, to me when they succeed or when it's easy to write tie-ins are when the folks who are writing the event give you sandboxes to play in where you can have a little more room and you can have a little more use, um, you know, instead of kind of peripherally connecting, uh, you know, you give them environments and stages uh, that you can build stories out of. And so, uh, you know, in a behind-the-scenes sense, uh, you know, I I looked at this event and said, you know, like, if I were a tie-in writer – what what would be useful to me here, and and you know setting up these arenas in, in the dark forest and behind the planetary defense shield, and a few others uh, that will you know come come into come into play as we go. Um, you know I, I I could see how you could build stories out of those, and you know thankfully I mean we've got some fantastic writers on on those. Uh, you know, Dennis Hopeless has done a fantastic job on the Doctor Strange tie-ins. Uh, Margaret has done a fantastic job on her Captain Marvel tie-ins, um, and you know, just lots of other books uh, are, are 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 playing in those two uh, parts of the story and, and doing a really phenomenal job. And that takes a lot of the pressure off me, so that I can focus on the more of the, the the central story of the heroes versus Hydra.
0: I wasn't expecting um, something that popped up in two, and I'm going to go back and forth on moments sure. of the first three. Uh, but it did surprise me to learn, and I, it, I I think it's safe to say this now in in terms of talking about two that uh, that plot point from Civil War two is still hanging out there, that everyone is still aware. You know, it's certainly on Miles' mind that uh, you know everyone's uh, view of that precog precog image of him. Right. Killing Captain America is still very much part of the story. I did. I, maybe I'm stupid for not expecting that. I kind of thought that was, you know, obviously if Civil War Two was resolved, that that maybe you know that was over. But clearly, it isn't.
1: I don't think that we've had two events that intermingle and connect uh, in the way that Civil War Two and Secret Empire are. Uh, since you know, you got to go back to. The kind of, you know, Brian stretch of like disassembled to House of M to, to, to Civil War, to Secret Invasion, like to Dark Reign and Siege. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I really liked about that that phase of Marvel, that era of Marvel books is uh, that, you know, each event kind of fed off and related to the last one. It's not necessarily that you needed to have read it or that, you know, you, you needed to go back and reference the issues or anything. But you could see the domino effect that you could see kind of the cause and effect, uh, you know, the, the, of how one one event impacted the next one. And I wanted to make sure when we did this, you know, I, I, I that was a that was a thing for me that, you know, I wanted to to draw back on that. And we'll, we'll pull back from further. But there are some key events in Civil War II that will very much factor in heavily uh, as we go forward in Secret Empire, and that is obviously the biggest one, uh, you know, that, that Miles has. Uh, seen this vision uh, of him killing Captain America. Everyone else has seen this vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it may have faded in the background as Civil War II ended because everybody thought that the story was resolved. Right. But if you're Miles uh, or, you know, somebody who has seen this vision, <laughs> you know, and then Steve reveals himself to be an agent of HYDRA, suddenly the light bulb goes off over your head and, and you know, you're saying, oh, my God, that's what that meant. That's, that's, that's why we have this vision uh, that didn't make any sense before. And for Miles, there's, there's, you know, and Brian has been playing around with this in his book that, you know, Miles has sort of been struggling with dark thoughts and with kind of a fatalistic streak. Yep. And, uh, you know, so, uh, so that all feeds perfectly into this, you know, that um, Miles feels like he's a victim of predeterminism, of predestination now, that there's really nothing he can do. Uh, you know, he's been haunted by this vision of him killing Captain America, and he's just been slowly watching the, you know, the, the pieces fall into place for that to make sense. And so he feels helpless. You know, he feels like he is caught up in a chain of events that's beyond his control, and he's just being kind of swept along with the current. Uh, and that, so that's, you know, that's a big part of his mindset in deciding to follow Natasha. It's not that he's changed. Uh, you know any of his views or any of his ideas uh, but you know he's kind of caught up in the futility of it all that that you know he's he's um, you know he's he's wanted to avoid this for a very long time. He tried to avoid it in a very dramatic way in Civil War 2 uh, you know and it is only backfired and so now he kind of has his hands up and is like what's going to happen is going to happen and you know as soon as he sees Black Widow say I'm going to kill Captain America the first thing in his head is going to be, you're not going to kill Captain America. I already know this. I'm going to kill Captain America. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing that brings the two of them together. And one of my favorite things about events is because you get to play with all the toys, sometimes you get to put two next to each other that you never would normally see. And, you know, Black Widow... And Miles Morales are not two characters that you necessarily associate super closely, as sure. is. But, you know, as a result of this story, now, uh, you know, there's, there's, their dynamic is, is a big part of, of what we're doing going forward. So, uh, so you know, it's, it's, it's fun to, 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 again, get to switch things up and, and put characters in interesting places like that. I'm glad that that's been happening, uh,
0: really, in several uh, Marvel events, I think, in the last few years. Where we are getting these kind of weird things because I even remember during, um, and now I'm always forgetting. Oh, uh, uh, whatever evil Jason's event. What was Jason's event called? Uh, original sin. Original sin, of course. I don't know yeah. why evil necessary evil.
1: I think came in my mind. Right, right. But anyway, right. Well, that had like yeah, fun a fun kind of band of heroes that you really hadn't seen seen together before.
0: Yeah, when it was Punisher and uh, and I'm even forgetting who was with Punisher, but it was like Doctor Strange, Punisher, and yeah. Uh, somebody else. Yeah, sure. and exactly. It's, you know, you're right. I think that's a great opportunity to, to smush these people together, force new conversations and look at their characters from a different perspective, given
1: who's on the other side. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a fun it's a fun exercise for me, too, because I tend to be much more of the, uh, um, you know, the kind of writer who puts everybody in the right place. You know, that I, I, I like to see Avengers with Avengers and <laughs> Champions with Champions and Defenders with Defenders. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I just naturally am kind of an organizer. Um, and so an event was a nice way to get me out of my comfort zone a little and, and you know, uh, throw some of these folks together that, that we haven't seen before. That's
0: funny. I also love the uh, callback of uh, the Black Widow and Hawkeye's relationship. And man, that's that that goes back to the heart of uh, Marvel Silver Age, right
1: there. You
0: know, yeah, when they first yeah. Were introduced and everything.
1: Yeah, and you know, uh, it was really a funny thing to 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 do that, just because uh, it was a thing that no one was demanding. Um, <laughs> the the but, pair, no one asked for. That's good, right? But I, <laughs> I, I kind of one of the things that we were trying to do. Uh, one of the things that we were trying to do is, is, you know, there's that time gap in between the zero and the one. And, and both Tom Brevoort and I are kind of believers that you never put specifics on that. Yes. You know, that like if you say six months later, six weeks later, six years later, suddenly everybody in all their books has to deal with like, you know, Tom will give the example of like now your high school sophomore character is a is, you know, a high school senior and you know like like every book has to suddenly roll with that if we're sure. going to keep the continuity together but you're definitely meant to think that a significant amount of time has passed between the 0 and the 1 you know that mm-hmm. that that it hasn't been a few days we can we can at least say that sure. you know that, that that the world has had time to adjust to this new status quo and so part of the fun for me in that was so what has happened you know like what what what's what's happened in this gap and Sometimes you see stories that do this and, you know, the changes are crazy drastic and, you know, like everybody's in an entirely different place. And then other times you see it done in stories and nobody's really moved. Um, and so, you know, I think that and the trick is kind of finding that middle ground mm-hmm. of like what's the logical amount of change uh, that can be absorbed in this time. And uh, so, so there were various things that we kind of, you know, seeded and, and, and put in that first issue. Some are things that people notice. others are things that people haven't even totally caught yet. Um, but you know, you're, you're definitely meant to think that there was a chain of events that progressed in between the zero and the one, and one that made a lot of sense to me uh, was uh, was Clint and Nat rekindling that relationship, which has been you know pretty on and off again sure but that we haven't seen for a good while you know that really once once the daredevil relationship and stuff starts you 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 haven't seen them back romantically for a long time but that, it's easy to forget that it, just like you said throughout a lot of the Silver Age, that was a major marvel romantic plot line oh yeah that you know that they the and, and so you know the, the the relationship is always going to be complicated and <laughs> you know I saw two people who uh you know, Nat Bucky has died. Yes. Um, you know, and so she's dealing with that. Uh she's with Clint and they're trying to kind of be these den parents to this, you know, struggling underground movement. Um, you know, that they're very much the the two people who pull it all together um and you know, find, you know, this this new base of operations find a way to get people to safety, find a way to just keep out of Hydra's, you know, out of Hydra's grip. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I just said two people who have that relationship, uh, you know, uh, neither of them are attached to anyone at this point, And, you know, under that kind of stress and under that kind of pressure made a lot of sense to me that that relationship would come back into play. Um, and it'll, you know, it'll have a, 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 a you know, it, it, it allowed us to do some things in the future that were also really worthwhile. Um, but you know, it, again, it was fun to kind of not have to build all that up, but to let the let the kind of time jump solve that for you. Sure. No, I I loved
0: it, and uh, and and loved a few of Nat's moves that were obvious moves, uh, you know, going way back again to the beginnings of their relationship. And so. Clint
1: is Clint is kind of an idiot. <laughs> You know, and I know a lot uh, of archive fans
0: that would have a problem you, with that, but I got, but you, I got no know, problem with what you guys said. Yeah, he, I, it's all
1: right. I mean, he even in the scene, you know, you even see he's he he wonders for a second if she's like tranquilized him, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and it's like you moron, you know, you already you know what's coming. Uh, and you just you just stand there and take it, but uh, you know. But that's, that's a, you know. I, he's a, he's pretty much my favorite Marvel character, and I, 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 I like watching him you know walk into the wall like that.
0: Oh no, I agree. I, I think it was I yeah, it was good humor, man. It was it was very good, and that's the thing. I think you've got good moments of levity in here, man. I'll tell you. Uh, I you know I I, I I sometimes with comic book deaths, obviously in today's status quo. You know, you, you shrug, and it's like, okay, I guess that's part of the story. At least <laughs> you gave Rick an interesting uh, path to his assassination, and I really, uh, th- well, thanks, I mean, yeah. truly, and I and honestly, because I mean, that's the thing—you've taken off the table two of the guys that know Steve best in Bucky and Rick. Now that, and yeah. you know, and uh, God, and I and I loved it. I loved when he's and, in he, jail and He's like, "Hey, yeah. man, I know you're messed up right now, but I know deep down when the chips are down." You're gonna figure this out because you're my hero, Cap. You've always been my hero. And that was beautiful.
1: Well, that that's was, that's yeah, great, man. That, thanks. That's you know, I mean that that's really is Rick's role that he's kind of, you know, Cap's biggest fan. You know, it's a slightly different relationship from, you know, Bucky or Sam, yes. who can at least at times view Steve as a peer of of, of some kind or another. Uh, you know, whereas Rick is really the one who comes at it with these very innocent eyes, and, and you know is is will always have a degree of hero worship, and um you know it, 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 that's kind of ever present with him. Um, and so you know I I, I knew that the most gut wrenching thing that you could do in that scene was you know to have Rick just you know profess his his belief and his faith that his hero would come through again, even as his hero is the one that's, you know, condemning him to his ultimate fate. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you uh, uh, it, it's fun. Cause I saw, you know, some people kind of picked up the like sad cap thing as a meme and everything, uh, you know, and, and cap walking away all <laughs> frowning. And, you know, I'm like, I'm like, that's perfect. Like, like if that moment stuck in your head to that point, uh, you know, then, then, then we nailed it. And, you know, it, Rick's death was uh, uh, not something that was ever like super firm in my outlines. Uh, you know, it was always kind of a thing that I had uh, as a as a potential uh, event. But you know, we killed Jack Flag uh, back in the first issue right. of right. Hell of is yeah. yeah yeah, and you know then we killed Bucky. Uh, at the end of that Steve run, and then, you know, Rick dies at the beginning of one, and to me, it works because it's it's just saying that the closer you are to this guy, the more likely you are to end up dead, that for all of his professions of, like, how he's this kind of nobler version of Hydra and, you know, that, that, that you know, he genuinely doesn't want to hurt anyone and that, you know, this is just what he believes is a better world. Right. It's funny how, you know, the people who count on him the most, uh, you know, are the ones who keep end up dying. And, uh, you know, it's it's just kind of one more way of like what this guy says and what he does are just not things that are ever going to add up. And, and I, I liked, uh, you know, I, there, was, there was something about um, when we did the last scene, it was all like wordless. And, you know, I was going to go through and put narration in. And, you know, I I was trying to think of, like, what would Rick say, uh, you know, as they were about to kill him. And, you know, I saw so many people, like, repost that Avengers Assemble thing. And I just, I really like that as a moment that, you know, reminds you that in this universe, you know, those words carry an enormous amount of weight an enormous amount of import. And, you know, th- they have like a crazy amount of symbolism and resonance, uh, for people. So to have that kind of be his like battle cry, uh, you know, I thought it, it, it made a lot of sense. Definitely. It, it was, it was definitely, it's like you said, pulling off comic book deaths is getting trickier and trickier. Um, I do think that, you know, with a death like Rick's, um, it's definitely the risk of the character staying in the ground is higher um, because the non-superpowered, you know, uh, which Rick has been and hasn't been, but, you know, you you tend to think of him more as the normal guy in the group. Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, those characters tend to stay buried or at least buried longer, so... Uh, I certainly, you know, there's no intention on my end of, of, of bringing him back. Oh, that I wanted that. Go on. Yeah. I really wanted that. I really wanted that death to, to, to stick and to last. Like I, 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 you know, I obviously can't control what happens, you know, elsewhere or down the road, but you know, on my end, I would, I would prefer for it to stick.
0: That's very interesting. Cause again, you know, uh, the, the, MacGuffin of this story is obviously <laughs> reconstructing the cosmic cube and and a, assumingly sure. you know hitting the reset button but maybe that
1: suggests that uh, well, we'll see. I mean you know that, that yeah you know, I, I go ahead I, I said this I said this on Twitter and I, you know it's the one thing that I'm the most comfortable about spoiling. I would never, in a million years do a story where at the end of all this, Uh, you know, somebody snapped their fingers and was like, everything's fixed. Everything's better. Uh, I just, I would, I would start handing people their money back. (laughs) Uh, you know, like that, just like I have just like enough, like Midwestern guilt
0: that like
1: (laughs) I would, I would just start being like, how much did the whole thing cost you? God, it was five bucks an issue. Wasn't it? Uh, okay. Uh, you know, like, like here's, here's 60 bucks. You know, like I, I just I wouldn't be able to look people in the eye if uh, if if I had, uh, you know, if I come up with a story that that, uh, you know, at the end makes everything consequence free. And so it's, it's a funny thing because, yeah, because the story involves the Cosmic Cube, uh, you know, there's you get you get all these different audiences. And, you know, we've talked about some before, you know, there are the people who are this is the end of the world and the character is forever ruined and you know marvel should simply cease publishing captain america comic books for a solid decade as a result of this <laughs> and then there are the people who are like you know at the end of this thing everything's going to be perfectly fine like like it'll be like it never happened and it can be funny cuz when you're getting yelled at by group a you can really like group b and you you but what you very quickly realize is Oh my God. Group B is actually saying the worst possible thing. <laughs> like, that, like group B is actually like, you should really want more of group a, uh, because, you know, group B is just so secure and confident and detached that, uh, you know, that they, the you know, they, they're, they have no anxiety about your story and, and, you know, your story has no stakes. Um, my general feeling on, on MacGuffins, you know, uh, You know, the, the, is that if you're if you if you're going to use them and look, uh, Captain America stories using a cosmic cube, I, I don't even know what to tell you that you might as well get mad at a story for using the shield, right. you know, that, that right. almost every memorable Captain America story uh, over the last few decades. Has involved the Cosmic Cube one way or another. It's that's true. just that's just a, a, a huge part of the character's continuity. And and you know, uh, my favorite. I, I said this online, but you know, my favorite thing are the people who who lambast uh, you know Cosmic Cube stories and then say the Winter Soldier is the best Captain America story. Exactly. Ever. You know, like like uh, Cube is a major factor in that story. Yeah, they forget because uh, it happens so early in the story. But I agree. They forget, you know. But but I mean, you know, you know, the the remember remember who you are, you know, is 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 a cosmic cube thing, and you know that 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 you know the the just and you know going back before that, you know, the Wade Garney run with with uh you know with with their story that that we you know very much that is the cube that Cobec you know that that is from, so uh you know it's it's really. Cosmic Cubes and Captain America kind of just go hand in hand. Have there been? Uh, all, the, all the way up to the movie. Have
0: there been more than one uh, 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 Cosmic Cube? Because I didn't I, even realize.
1: I believe, yeah.
0: Okay, because um, that's interesting because I was going to ask, and maybe I missed when uh, Kobach, uh made her, you know, <laughs> if she even had that kind of conversation, because it would be interesting to hear the Cosmic Cube's point of view. We're getting that in the story to a degree, but that's because yeah. Kobach was influenced by. The Red Skull, and by the way, is yeah, that funny exactly. how comic book people people still say the Red Skull, and the cinematic people say Red Skull. It, right. <laughs> I love that information well, difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, you know, uh, I mean, I can tell you about my year and how the the you know how the impact of the movies and the broad awareness of them uh, can can impact can impact the. Uh, uh, you know, feelings and thoughts on certain concepts in the comics. Well, of course. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's a real thing. Um, and that's great. You know, look, look I, very few writers lean on that stuff more than I do in some ways. Like, I really like, you know, if, if you know, the movies use Chitari and I'm looking for an alien race to throw <laughs> into things. Like, sure. I'll use Tatari because it's a nice shorthand. You know what I mean. Visually in your head, an image comes up that works very well, and that people spent millions of dollars building CGI for. So, True. Uh, you know, so it helps me to to paint that picture. Uh, but you know, Good it's point. a double edged sword. Clearly, um, as Chris uh, as Chris Evans commented on Secret Empire. No, no, you I, know. I was curious. Uh, I,
0: I hadn't heard anything that I was aware of, but you know.
1: No, I mean we'll we'll send him some copies or something, but. Uh, <laughs> No, no. I mean, you know, he had that. He had that really fun. He, you know, the day of the Hail Hydra reveal. You know, he was like, uh, you know, Hydra, say it ain't so. And that yeah, was yeah, that was yeah. that was really fun yeah. and, and and great. And uh, you know, I admire the hell of that guy's Twitter these days. Uh, you might talk about using social media well. Oh my God, uh, he is Captain you know.
0: America. God bless him. Right, right. What's, Absolutely, what's, man.
1: What's what's better than watching that guy? Uh, you know, make a fool out of David Duke and company like that. That's 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 fantastic. Absolutely and it's man. it is really it's really cool to have, you know, the, the person who's playing the character seem to really understand what the role is all about Absolutely. and what the character is about. Absolutely. And, you know, so that's very. Cool. Uh, yep. Yeah, there's a fantastic picture of him reading uh, the the 75th anniversary issue. All fun.
0: Very good. Uh, yeah. And
1: uh, uh, I treated I was like, he doesn't look thrilled. Okay. Um uh, uh, well, did we? Did,
0: and I can't remember because I know I've had this recent conversation. It might have been with Slot or it was with you. But like you know, Joe Simon was such a good soldier during uh, Brubaker's, and I think it was you that we talked about it and everything. And you know, yeah, and then, yeah. I mean, at ninety years old, Joe Simon gets it and plays along. And oh, what a sad yeah, day, yeah, no. you know. And it's like
1: yeah, perfect, <laughs> Joe. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean it's uh you know, and we had lots of um uh you know, when the more when the reveal hit, you know, than around Secret Empire. But you know, I know Brett Dalton who, you know, plays uh Grant Ward on uh, uh Agents Shield. of Shield. He had some fun with it on Twitter, yes, you know, yes. about about you know, Cap got our got our fruit basket, that's good. <laughs> You know, like, like, and that was, it was you know, that was, it was fun to kind of see all those folks sure. kind of chime in and, and have some fun with it. And it's, it's nice when the two worlds can kind of, uh, you know, uh, converge like oh, that. Absolutely. But again,
0: this is, this is fun. And I, and I, and really, I, and it sounds maybe, again, maybe it sounds gross for, to, for me to refer to this kind of man in the high castle story as fun, but it is in terms of, uh, you know, again, the the kind of stories that are that, the kind of character moments that this st- kind of story allows for. It, You know, there was that great Justice League cartoon where we get the uh, Injustice... Not Injustice League. The Justice... Were they the Justice Lords? I think they were the Justice, Justice Lords. Sure, yeah. sure. And, you know, Superman yeah. crosses the line, kills Luther, and assumes control. Or, obviously, we're right. seeing it in both the comic and the video game, Injustice. And, you know, it's like... Yeah. No, this is interesting. This This... This presents interesting questions, and maybe because no, it's it's yeah. you know those cases. Obviously, with the the Justice Lords, we had the regular Justice League fight them, and you had those wonderful conversations between. Justice Lord Batman and regular Batman, and wouldn't wouldn't Dad be proud of you? You know, <laughs> just <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, you know, so it was easy, It's easier to palate barrier to to accept. No, you get
1: you know? to you get to see these characters in a very different light. Um, it, 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 I, to me, I think there are a couple of tricks to these kinds of stories. If they're done right, what they should show you is how how positive a force they are, uh, powerful they could be if they turned it in the other direction, you know, that if, if, when you show the, 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 the capability and the fortitude and the dedication of hydro cap, you are in fact, illustrating those very same qualities in the cap that we all know and love. Sure. It shows you, oh, you know, like it reminds you of these things that you kind of take for granted, uh, you know, when you're seeing them correctly deployed, His virtue. you know, that, that yes. when you're yeah, exactly. That, that when you see them turned another way, you realize, you know, wow, if this guy, you know, decided to be bad, he'd be a huge deal. I mean, one of the things that, <laughs> that I kept saying, you know, early on in the in the pitches was like, uh, you know, this guy has practically never lost as a hero. So, like, he can't start suddenly losing now that he's now that he's hydra right you know that now he should be as, as as hard as it is to beat him uh you know as a hero it should be that hard to beat him as a villain and you know the huge part of of what the steve rogers captain america book was all about was showing you know that is still him like he didn't he's not worse than a fight now he's not less intelligent He's not, you know, less dedicated to to his cause, you know, that he's all those things. And so you hope that through the inversion, you're illustrating what the character is about fundamentally. Um, And, you know, the other thing that I I think you get from uh, these kinds of stories is you get to see how they uh, what they mean to all the characters around them. That you know by by showing Cap in this light, you know by having him be Hydra and having him betray everyone, you never get a more stark realization or a stronger understanding of what he means to all these heroes and to the general people in the Marvel Universe at large. That you know you you see that you know he is a figure who towers above everybody else in terms of authority and trust. Um, you know, and so so it, to me, the story is really about. Illustrating things about the the original character, you know that sure. that if you do them right, um, you know that's really what it should be reminding you uh, at most steps. And then, uh, you know, you can you can kind of go crazy from there, and, and you know, do the stuff that you could never do with the good guy version, and, and that's fun too. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 just it's, there's a reason why this kind of story is so popular, you know, like there, there, there's a reason why, you know, these stories seem to resonate, you know, only deaths come anywhere near. And I personally think that inversion stories are way more fascinating sure. than, than, than death and resurrection stories. But, you know, there's a reason why you have seen so many of these. Now, the one thing that I would add is what I hear a lot when people talk about, uh, you know, those other stories is they'll say, well, you know, injustice. Yeah, sure. But, you know, that's that's an alternate reality, right. you know, that that's the, the you know, that there the, were Red Sun. Sure. You know, the Red Sun was Mark in Miller, an else Yes. Right. Right. And, you know, the thing that I would say to that is I'm not generally in the business Oh, you, of you,
0: like hold, my stories having start over start over Nick because uh, yeah we're getting every now and then we're getting oh, kind of out. a digital squeal in you cut out so yeah so, oh, so you're sorry, starting to sorry. say you're not in the business of
1: yeah I'm not really in the business of reducing the stakes of my stories you know that uh, to me if if we did in a what if of this people would look at it and they would, they would oh it's an interesting idea but totally but you know. Interesting to read, but like harmless, right, not, you know, like, it's, like, like, it's, it's, it's in, fine.
0: It's in the what if bubble. Yeah. It's in the alternate universe yeah.
1: bubble. Awesome. That is not what we were going for. <laughs> like, like, like I wanted you to be horrified and terrified like that. That's part of my job. Uh, you know, is, is, you know, you wondering, you know, how the, how is this not the end of everything that is, is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, uh, so, um, you know, it, it, it saying, "Well, you know, this would have been fine if you would have done it," you know, with, a, uh, you know, with, with, a, with a what if or an else or whatever, really doesn't tell me much. It, 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 it tells me that yes, in fact, you, you're not worried when stories have guardrails, but this one doesn't. <laughs> you know, this, this is, this is, we're going all the way with it this time. Interesting. All right, now we got to ask about uh, the big moment in issue zero.
0: Uh, yeah. And uh, Cap holding Thor's hammer, so now yeah. Brevard is your editor. Uh, like how? Like <laughs> I mean, well, really, you know. And and Brevoid is kind of yeah. that Marvel, one of those Marvel keepers of the flame. That yeah. when you do suggest something outlandish, might be a guy to go. Come on, no, or or yes, that sounds great. I mean, what? How did it go down with editorial when you suggested that plot point?
1: Well, I think it's like a lot of things in this story that you know, I can remember talking to folks about this back when we did the Hell Hydra reveal. That I when I was able to walk in and pitch these things, I was able to pitch them fully formed. Right. So right. I was able to say, you know, like here's the here's the back door. You know, here's here's the way out of this or, you know, here's here's the solution okay. to this. Okay. Um, and, you know, so uh, so I Tom didn't give a lot of resistance. there was definitely For a while there, there was, you know, working out exactly how things would be demonstrated, how things would be covered. You know, it's it's definitely not a thing that we did carelessly. Right. Um, You know, it it was it was it was certainly, you know, the topic of of a few conversations. And I really have to. Yeah. And I really have to give uh, Jason Aaron um, enormous credit because, you know, he's in the midst of a massive story that is entirely built around the hammer. And the worthiness uh, to hold it, yes. And the worthiness of holding it, and, you know, I, I honestly cannot say enough good things about Jason and how generous he is, uh, you know, not just in terms of the hammer, but also in terms of, like, Odinson's role mm-hmm. in the event. That, you know, like, like, like those were things, that, you know, the, the, the Odinson stuff is something that Jason offered up. Oh, that's you great. Know, so, yeah, you know, it, 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 and I, I mean, he's he's my, you know, my one of my favorite writers, probably my favorite writer, uh, you know, working today. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I just I have so much admiration for that guy. And, um, you know, it was it was I, you know, I was very passionate about this needing to be a part of the story. And, you know, I kind of explained why. Uh, and, I, and I can share a little bit of this. Um, you know, th- th- Steve picking up the hammer, uh, you know, picking up Mjolnir, is uh, one of these moments that non-comic fans know. Um, that, that you know, even when we did the Hail Hydra reveal, lots of people were sending me messages saying, that's impossible. He picked up the hammer. Right. Um, exactly. And so – So for a guy like me, uh, you know, constantly looking to like ratchet up the conflict and the stakes, of course, my head is immediately like, how can you pick up the hammer? Uh, You know, that I I immediately, you know, want to, want to solve that, you know, that I immediately want to, want to pose that. I knew that it was the universal moment that, you know, everybody recognized. um, And I knew that that would also be true in the Marvel universe, that, the way that we set up the, you know, the, the confrontation is through the zero. You know, you see Steve's plan, mm-hmm. but the actual confrontation, you know, the actual fight is only the Free Comic Book Day. Right. You know, it, so it's only ten pages. So, like, you're trying to figure out how, how do we sell, you know, a defeat that that comprehensive, uh, you know, in ten short pages. Like, how do you Really make them believe that the heroes have lost. Um, You know, when we've seen them, how many times have we seen them kind of seemingly lose or like, you know, how many times we ended a a, a comic book on a splash of a hero on the ground looking up at a bad guy? You know, we are conditioned to think, oh, that's fine. Next issue, they'll get back up. Uh, We needed an image and we needed a moment that told you this fight is over before it starts they have they have lost that they've lost completely that this isn't even close. Um, and you know to me there was nothing else that we were going to do that was gonna have that Impact. that moment, you yeah. know the, the, the thing that was steeped in comics history that that everybody would know mattered and was important. And you know it was very upsetting because it's like that's we don't really like seeing heroes lose. <laughs> we don't like seeing you know, bad guys win. Uh, and, you know, that, that, but that's, that again is, is, is what that moment is, is for. Provocation. Exactly.
0: It's, you know, I mean, it's, you, yeah, sometimes stories are meant to jab you in the nose and go, really, wait a minute, that doesn't happen. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. Don't you want to see what happens next? And yeah, that's, well, and, you know, at least and, hopefully that's know, the intent.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's look, um, I knew uh, I, I, could, I I can talk about how like I maybe didn't grasp the depth of it or the the severity of it or whatever but you know we've talked about this before I I knew when we did the story that I was signing up to be you know everybody's most hated writer <laughs> for a year plus like I I knew not everybody I knew that that, that not a lot of people were uh, you know gonna be like it's a tough story to be like all enthusiastic for, you know. Sure. It's well, like, uh, uh, you know, um, and you know, for and that, your favorite good guy's the bad guy. Everybody jump on the bad guy, and he can't stop winning. You know, like, like, like he just he just can't <laughs> stop beating you. Uh, you know, is is it's, it's it's really bad, but you know, and and again, I I feel like I'm probably repeating myself from from previous conversations, but. You know, uh, I am the kind of writer that believes that, you know, those are the best kinds of stories yep. that, you know, at the end of the day, you have to take them very low, uh, you know, before you bring them back up. If you really want if you want to go for the gold, that's kind of, you know, the 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 path you got to follow. That's the hero's and, journey. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we stick the landing and all that, but. Uh, it, you know, it's it's I'm I'm definitely uh, you know a, a person who puts their characters through tremendous adversity, and and as a result, put the people who care about those characters through adversity. And and uh, uh, you know, I feel like the Morning Glories readers, like they they knew all this was coming. <laughs> you know, like like the, like they're like the least surprised people that you know. How many, uh, like, do like, do you hear from
0: your readers, Nick, that were Morning Glories people first and now are reading your Marvel stuff? I mean, that's the timeline, obviously. But, you know, I mean, do you hear a lot from them that have been on that journey with you and, you know, are like, oh, look what you're doing? Yeah,
1: for fun. sure. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. And it's really nice. It's really nice when you have people come up, you know, with, like, both. And they're yeah. like, you know, I've been reading your stuff since Morning Glories and, uh, you know, and then they, they're getting a cap signed and that's really a cool thing. Cause you're like, you've been, that means you've been reading my stuff and following my stuff for like a decade Yeah, and that's wow. crazy. That is crazy. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. So, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's this kind of thing of like, uh, uh, you know, you, that's a real relationship that you sure. have with that reader. Now that said, usually they're just like, when are you getting back to more morning glories or, okay. you know, something along those lines. <laughs> But I don't, I don't mind hearing that much either. But uh, but yeah, I, I definitely have always been the kind of writer that doesn't pull a lot of a lot of punches. Um, and uh, you know, this is just kind of an opportunity to do that on the Marvel stage, where you obviously have lots of people who are you know just very invested in keeping that character as safe and happy yes. as possible. Um, and you know, it's just kind of the age old divide that, that, you know, the writer just has to keep yanking that happiness away.
0: Right, And that's the, oh, so. no,
1: you're right. And that's the thing we've talked about
0: it before. And I've talked about it with slot recently as well. And I've made the comparison to, you know, especially DC and Marvel can feel like fast food. And it's like, no, I came in for yeah. a big Mac, man. I didn't, I didn't come in for man. In the <laughs> Castle. I came in for a big Mac. <laughs> right, right,
1: right. What the hell right. Are you doing? I, 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 I know what I want. <laughs> Uh, right. Don't don't try to surprise me. Yeah, and you know the reality is, by and large, and I'm certainly not going to say it's universal, but you know, by and large, it's never true that like yeah. uh, you know when you put the surprise in front of them and they can they can you know kind of get the whole thing. Though you know, we tend to look back on those stories and be like, they they seem to be the most memorable ones. Uh, you know, I even say like the, some of the stories. That, you, that are popularly held as disastrous or, you know, that didn't work or what have you. Uh, it's a funny thing how we all know the names of those stories and how we all still kind of talk about those stories. And we even still do sequels to those stories in many cases. And you're like, clearly they struck some kind of chord, even if even if you didn't think that whatever shakeup they did, uh, you know, worked perfectly. Uh, you know, it, clearly it made some kind of lasting impression that 90-plus percentage of comic book stories do not. So, uh, you know, clearly shaking up these status quo is a thing that, that that works. Yeah. But Well, let's,
0: here's another character that, <laughs> given what you've said about Jack Flag, Bucky, and Rick, that I think we have to worry about Sharon Carter's uh,
1: future. Yeah, Sharon's not in a great place uh, in, in captivity with Hydra, uh, you know, getting served some nice food and living in a nice apartment, but... No, uh, uh, no. Yeah, certainly no freedom. Uh, And she is uh, stuck having to sit next to uh, the person that she loved and trusted uh, more than anyone on the planet, Uh, you know, has turned out to be everything that she hates. And, uh, you know, it's an incredibly creepy and and, uh, you know, terrible place that she's in now. Um, And uh, it's it's only going to get harder uh, she's, you know, she's she's kind of, in many ways, in the worst spot of all the heroes because she has to be right next to him. Are
0: there um, also? I mean, it, it seems like uh, the, the defenders. Well, the, you know, that's a, that's a new thing. Will the defenders be playing in Secret Empire at the beginnings of their uh, run in Brian's book? I mean, obviously they're they're part of the underground, or I should say they're out. they're, I, yeah. well, they're in they're in uh, New York. The, yeah, obviously. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're in, they're in Dark Force, New York, and I, I'm not sure how much connective tissue there's going to be in terms of where uh, Brian's story, uh, you know, starts and, and, and you know, where, where we fall in his timeline. But uh, for me, it was a fun way to uh, put those characters together. Uh, you know, we kind of saw them in the, you know, in the zero kind of uh, collectively and comprehensively, and I actually didn't call them the defenders there uh, and then it got added in, and I was really happy about that. Cool. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, so it, it's, 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 it's definitely really cool to have them. And I know a little bit about what, what Brian's doing, and, and it's incredible. Cool. I also love
0: uh, two things that are happening in Dark Force one, Daggers Roll Lighting New York. Uh, sure. You know, and that's, dude, you, you have a deft hand with Cloak and Dagger. I hope at some point beyond the Spider Island. Uh, miniseries that you got to do that you get to do some sort of lengthy run with them because uh, yeah, you know, is is there a current yeah. book in,
1: in the works or uh you know I don't know if anything is is necessarily in the works um you know we had a uh, Emma and I had a, a really great pitch uh you know we definitely had wanted to do more there and uh you know it's 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 on that kind of list with like me and Chris Omney doing. Uh, iron fist and oh, that'd and, be great you know some other things so, yeah they, these were things that were like on the table and that uh, you know didn't quite work out and, I understand. Uh, you know for various reasons and I always kind of look back on those things and and you know am, am a little sad we uh, Maybe it'll come back we around. certainly poured a yeah we certainly poured a lot of, of, of heart and soul into that cloak and dagger mini and so really getting to you know put them in, a, in an important role in this event, uh, and you'll see this more as the event goes on. I kind of definitely play favorites you know the, like the, the, the characters that I had written or that I you know had a vested interest in uh, you know they, they, most of them get uh, some some moments to shine mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's just kind of the luxury of, of, of this job and uh, certainly they were they were high up on the list. Um, and actually, you know, a lot of the Dark Force stuff, I think I can say this now, uh, a lot of the Dark Force stuff was repurposed, um, you know, from what I had, uh, you know, as, as, as concept stuff, uh, on that Cloak and Dagger pitch. Um, yeah, that, that, that a lot of that stuff kind of fed directly from that. And, um, so, so it was, it was, it was nice to kind of, you know, get that stuff off the table and, and yeah, there, there will be. Uh, plenty of other characters that I've, I've written. The one thing I will say is I saw people after we put them in the book, people were like, oh yeah, cause they got a TV show coming. And, you know, just blasphemy. Like, it's cause <laughs> I did Spider Island Cloak and Dagger with Emery Ice. That's, that's, that's why that's in there. I hear you, man. Uh, you know, so, uh, that was not, a uh, you know, a corporate mandate. That's just, that's just, you know, me, the uh, man. you know,
0: absolutely. Maybe a nice,
1: absolutely. All right. So, um, we've got to now ask
0: about the, uh, the final page and secret uh, sure. issue too. I, all of a sudden a, uh, soldier walks out of the blue and has a beard. And, <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve Rogers. Where the hell am I? I'm trying to get home.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, big moment, big moment. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's been really funny kind of seeing the, uh, you know, the responses and stuff because again, when I pitched this, like I had everything so outlined and like I had everything so defined that like I'm able to follow this moment up with another sentence in the room, you know, sure. or, or, or with, with a little bit more. Uh, and so this is my first time kind of, watching people respond to just that moment uh, on its own. And you can not necessarily blame people for being a little skeptical. Uh, sure. You know, that, that just kind of, uh, you know, given what we put them through uh, over the last year, I saw somebody uh, say very candidly, they're like, I bet he kills that guy the next issue. Uh, and I thought that's, that's, awesome. that's somebody who has read way too many of my books. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, ah, here's the virtuous they,
0: cap boom. Oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I was like, damn, I, I should have thought about that. Uh, that, that was a solid note. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what, what I would say is, is look, we have obviously put the reader through it for a year. I really can't remember, uh, you know, a story that kept the reader in such a dark place. In continuity, I can't remember a story that kept them in such a dark place for maybe on such a, you know, big name book for this long. Uh, you know, it's it, it, like, like when I can step back from it, I can be like, we really did kind of, you know, put them through a lot uh, on this. And the, the I'll give a little bit of inside baseball on this. It was originally going to be the end of the first issue. Um, Where Steve won. Steve Rogers was Yeah, the 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 the, uh, the 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 scene done by by uh, by Rod Rice, uh, you know, at, at the end of two was originally going to be at the end of one, and what happened was uh, a couple things. One was the way that the calendar worked out. The free comic book day uh, would have you know came out obviously as it did after the first issue. And I really felt like if you'd seen that scene before you saw the free comic book day, it would really color your perception of the free comic book day. It would, A, make you lean, lean, lean towards a certain theory, but also I just didn't feel like – you wouldn't feel that like total catastrophic defeat anymore if you just had that kind of hopeful moment sure. uh, at the end. And even in the first issue – uh you know it would have uh it it, it would have caused us problems in that you've just seen the bombing of vegas and it just didn't feel right to them the very next page it was better to kind of let them sit with it and then even as you go into two and there's the conversation between widow and stark uh you know that that, that even there i felt like if you knew that you probably leaned in a certain direction uh in that conversation that you might not if you read it after and so at the very, at, at, at pretty close to the last minute, certainly the stuff was already drawn. Uh, we shifted it uh, to to the end of two, and it worked so much better yep. um, that that I really should never admit uh, that we that <laughs> no, we so did good. it that way. I understand. But uh, but um uh, you know it, it's 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 a it is a funny thing. Obviously, you get lots of people who are suddenly are like, I knew it, I knew it. It's what I've been saying all along. <laughs> And those folks, folks, if you're going to do that, delete your old tweets. Like, please don't don't set yourself up for, uh, you know, for the scenario where you're like, I knew everything would be fine. And then we can go back a few months to you saying that the world was over. Yep. Uh, but uh, but it's and it's OK. Listen, it's OK to get swept up in a story. Uh you don't need to apologize for that. You don't need to try to be too cool for that. You're killing. Me. Um, you know, so uh, so it's it's it, it, look. We knew when we when we put this out that uh, you know it would raise more questions than answers. Um, but you know the thing that I you know like to say is is just kind of exactly what's on the page, which is. Uh, you know, everybody in the universe and reading the book are maybe as broken down as they can be. And this is kind of the first peek at some possibility of hope. But there is also a reason why we did this at the end of issue two rather than the end of issue eight. And if you think that this means, oh, everything's going to be fine and, and, you know, now it's just a matter of time, you know, I have last pages on like seven more issues. Uh, in the meantime, so don't don't maybe assume that now you know everything's going to be okay. Uh, you know, there are lots more ways uh, for this story to hurt you. So, um, <laughs> you know, I just I just saw so many people be you know like like I like it was a minority, but you definitely still see people being like. Well, there went the stakes, right? Like now I know everything's okay. And it's like, you don't know anything of the story. You know that a dude just showed up saying he's Steve Rogers and that he's trying to get home. Uh, they, that is not home. Uh, that is trying to get home. And, and so, you know, that, that's, uh, you know, that's where we are in the story now. But again, if you have been, uh, you know, you know, like uh, unable to sleep, uh you know like like worried about your favorite character uh you know this is a little glimmer of, of hope like that 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 you know maybe not everything is lost
0: well and you mention uh, uh tony and uh you know the fact that tony is artificial intelligence tony because of what happened in civil war um, right. was that, a, you know, I mean, you obviously knew that was coming, I'm assuming from retreats yeah. and things like that. Was that easy to build in the story and have Tony that way? Or was it, uh, did, did you find like, oh, that's interesting. And it, it maybe, uh, gave you more ideas for this, the story you would, than you would have had if it was just regular Tony Stark, Iron Man?
1: I think... It's one of those really interesting examples of, uh, you know, when you get handed something that you think, oh, this is going to be a problem. Uh, and then, you know, eventually you're like, wow, that that ended up helping quite a bit. interesting um, it, Yeah, it was it was look, yeah, I don't want when, spoilers when obviously, I first. But heard, yeah, you know, just in terms no, of as yeah. much as you could talk no, about no, the aesthetic yeah, of that. It's, you know? Yeah, it's not even necessarily spoiler related. It's more obviously. When you're doing a story uh, that's about Steve Rogers, uh, you know, it, it being revealed as an agent of HYDRA, you have to have Tony Stark in that story. Yep. Like they, they, there's – that would have been the greatest wasted opportunity imaginable. You know, that just like those two characters are so interlinked, uh, you know, that we just had a billion-dollar movie of the two of them giving each other angry looks. Right. You yeah, know, the like, whole like, like it's – it's, you know, it, it, it's, it, you know, it's rooted in the comics with, you know, the original Civil War and Time Runs Out and a lot of other stories, you know, that, you know, they are, uh, you know. They're Clark and Bruce.
0: They're the, you know, Loeb exactly. pointed that out to me very early on in Word Balloon, and, and I never thought about him that way. up And this was pre-Civil yeah. War that he was telling me this stuff. Right. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot has been invested in that relationship and uh you know so the idea of, of him not being around was just you know I, I, it, there, there was no way that it could that it could work for me um so you know at, at that point Brian had you know uh, tony as as an AI and and the, the 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 definitions that they give uh in the book you know is that he has downloaded his consciousness into an AI matrix and like you know being a big philosophy junkie it's it's very tricky when you use when you use that language. To me, that sounds like that's Tony, you know. The, and and what I certainly believed, uh, as as time went on, you know, as we did that time jump, and you know, you've got the time in between. I really believed eventually people would just start treating him like he's Tony. Sure. You know, just it wouldn't be it wouldn't be hey AI Tony or hey it would just be eventually you would just hear the voice enough and like you know argue with him enough. He'd be like, "That is the guy that I can't stand." (laughs) You know, that that that's there's no way that that's any kind of simulation. That's that's Tony Stark. Nobody else has ever you know gotten under my skin like this. And uh, you know, so so to me, it's it certainly felt like in the time jump, like that that all would be covered. You know, that that just that that just people would just he'd be Tony. But what it also freed us up to do was have Tony a fall down some wells that he hasn't for a long time. You know, that, 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 that when he talks about, you know, recalibrating his code, to something that's, you know, basically, you know, identical to being inebriated. You know, you're like, that's a huge thing that you can do that you maybe wouldn't do with Tony in the flesh, right. you know, and, and, and that the people around him would have far less sympathy for, you know, that, that, that the other thing that you got out of it was, uh, you know, this, this, this feeling of like, that's not, you know, a flesh and blood problem. That's a problem of your own making. And so it became this thing of like, wow, you can, you know, like, like, like everybody can be at their wits end with Tony, uh, you know, and, and frustrated with him, uh, you know, in a, on a level that they never have <laughs> before, um, you know, because he's not maybe the dangerous figure, that he was, you know, at the end of the first Civil War, you know, he's not somebody that you need to take terribly seriously because of his current state. Uh, so, so then when you start adding these other, you know, personal downfalls into it, you just see how people like Clint and Nat are just done with the guy, you know, <laughs> and uh, and it, you know, and 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 just you know how hard of time he's having getting anybody to listen to anything that he has to say. All those things are are. Rooted in, you know, in in his current physical state, you know, in in what he's doing to himself, uh, you know, that that, that you could really take him lower than he's been. Yeah. And also, uh, I love some great. And and on top of all that, please. No, I was just going to say, on top of all that, there's again, going back to Civil War two, you know, like there's still a lot of hard feelings about that. You know, a lot of people who even agreed with Tony, a lot of people who agreed with Tony, uh, you know, felt like he handled it poorly. And then, you know, everything that's happened to them since that's allowed Steve to come to power really, you know, descends from that. So every time they look at Tony, they're like, this is your cock up. (laughs) Like, this is this is you did this like like, you know, you and Carol, you know, got us at each other's throats again. You handled about as poorly as imaginable. Uh, You know, and so there's just these like raw feelings. And uh, so when you see him for the first time, you know, in Secret Empire one and, you know, he's got this like stubble and he just looks like he just rolled out of bed and he's a hologram. He can look however (laughs) he wants. So, you know, that he's chosen that would just if you were if you were Clint, it would just be infuriating. You know, like it would just it would it would just it would just gnaw at you this that level of like narcissism and self pity that that would go into that. And uh, so it really put him in, you know, my favorite kind of place. Tony is, you know, one of my favorite characters and uh, this is kinda of how I like him. I, I, I you know, I like him to be like a social disaster and uh, you know, so so he's he's definitely kind of in that role and then just, you know, finally on that is just uh, but then to have him be the one who you know comes up with the plan to save Steve, um, and to have to then try to convince all these people to go on on this wild goose chase with him, uh, you know, it, to me it just it, it it made it made the argument so much stronger that like, uh, it, and it made Nat's argument stronger because most of us I think. Are tend are, are are inclined to believe that in, an, in a disagreement between Tony and, and Natasha that Natasha is probably right nine times out of ten that we'll certainly think of of Nat as the you know saner uh, and more level headed of the two of them so to have that conflict you know be presented by the two of them I I, I thought you know helped it a lot
0: I also love the opportunities to do fun little bits of business and I like the fact that it's AI Tony but he's wearing an Iron Man glove so he has the tactile ability to work on on physical things while he's stuck as yeah, this AI. Sure. And I think that you for know sure. again that's that's fun to see and it's a different, you know, way to present Tony Stark work, working on a problem as opposed to as usual. So it is those little bits of yeah, eye candy sure. and stuff I think that make it fun.
1: And we've got we've got some fun stuff coming about, you know, he's wearing a suit sometimes. And, like, uh, you know, he's, uh, uh, you know, but it's an older model. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about why that is and what's going on there. I always love that. I mean, it's Uh, always
0: an excuse to go back to the classic look. Yeah, exactly. Because I do understand, especially given that he is a designer and an industrialist, that he would constantly be upgrading the suits. But, you know, anytime I've had anyone draw me Iron Man, it's always that Silver
1: Age look because that original. It's always that, and, and not only that, but it's just like everybody, you know, rich, rich, rich people still have the favorite car in the yeah. Car. I was going to say exactly. You it's know, the Aston Martin. It's, it it's is. Just, it's the James Bond car. Yeah, that it's just it's just when it's when it's you know when it's when it's a big night you're still going <laughs> for the going for going for the six car down or whatever, and and so yeah. It, to me, it makes sense that that he kind of keeps going back Absolutely.
0: to it. Absolutely. No, that's great. Oh, and also, um, I like your use of a lot of the younger characters because it's a good opportunity to showcase them in important roles, but not necessarily the leads. And I think that uh, that is my one critique of, of, of the use of some of the younger characters is that pushing them on the stage uh, uh, front and center without, sure. without the support of – the old, the old guard, because I think you know that's important. That's why JSA always worked for me and Justice Society of sure. America, because yeah. you always had the old guard kind of ex- you know helping helping the new heroes along, and it was a good forum right. for the new heroes for us to get to right. know them, but not at the expense of the old heroes.
1: No, exactly, and and you know it, I, I thought a lot about you know the best place to 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 put them. Some of it you know, was we had obviously this, you know, this, this Civil War two vision of Miles killing Steve. Yep. So that, that really helped shape, you know, uh, a lot of the early threads in the event because I, I kind of had that piece on the table that I knew that I had to hit. Um, but from there it, it really became, you know, I look, I like writing young characters. I, I always have. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely fun to get to write this batch and, Um, for me, I wanted to to do exactly that. I wanted to find uh, a role in this that was um, uniquely suited to them. You know that 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 you couldn't have done this with any other group of of characters. Like there was a minute at a retreat where we were talking about which characters would go with Widow, and there was this kind of moment of like, you know, do you do like the like you know, the, 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 the vigilante-ish characters, you know, do you do like Punisher and Wolverine or something like that? And I was like, there's no drama in that. Right. Like there's, there's, there's no drama in a bunch of characters that have crossed that line a million times going and saying that they're going to, that they're going to do it. Uh, What's interesting are the characters that we just saw in champions and elsewhere say, we never kill like that that is a thing that we don't do and these are lines that we don't cross and what's then really interesting is putting them in an environment this bad you know that 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 basically can qualify as a wartime exception you know that, that 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 if you say that like invaders had different rules during World War II you know which some people do some people don't in terms of the continuity of it but whatever whatever you know wherever you come down with it you know we all know the kind of superhero wartime exemption uh, that's been granted in the past. And uh, so if you take that and, you know, you, you can you kind of put the characters in that environment after they've just made that strong a statement, then you put them in a room with Black Widow, a character that frequently crosses that line, uh, you know, and, and a character who has who has kind of lived on both sides of it that, that you know, like has said, you know, has been an assassin. And then, you know, has been an assassin for good in some ways, and then has said, "No, I don't do that anymore." So you have this character who's kind of been through these various, you know, through these through these various positions Absolutely. on the issue. Now you're in something interesting. Like now, 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 people have things to argue about. Now they have things to struggle with. You know, now they have things that'll keep them tossing and turning. Like, uh, you know, that that was way more interesting to me than just. You know, Black Widow has a kill squad. Like, you know that that the, the the interesting thing was Black Widow has a kill squad, and it's a bunch of kids who are as idealistic as they come, and they're really not down for killing anybody. But their friend is there, and you know, so now they've got to figure out their morality on the fly when it's being tested worse than ever before. You yes. know that, that 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 the old game that they were playing it was an easy rule to keep. Now it's getting grayer by the second. And so so that was, you know,
0: an interesting place to put that. I also like where you've got the kingpin uh, in New York and yeah. clearly a facilitator and reminded me of No Man's Land where the penguin was kind of in that same role. Right. You know, and, right, that's, right. and that's perfect uh, for Wilson Fisk and also – his, uh, you know, Godfather like, you know, oh, you know, I've done you a favor, now you will
1: do me a favor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and for me, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I uh, uh, it was such a thrill for me to, to to get to to get to write that character, and uh, you know, I I never really have before. Um, and, uh, uh, he's, I, I won't spoil anything, but, you know, he shows up uh, again down the road in a scene that I think I, I actually like a little bit more even. And, uh, um, but what I really liked about it was we got to get back to the thing that you always need to remind people of with that character, which is that he starts with this kind of perverse love for the city of New York. Uh, that that you know, it's it's a very unhealthy love, in that he you know feels that he owns it and controls sure. it, and, and uh, but it really does come from a belief that he is the best thing for New York, that you know that 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 he is the best of the available options. Right. it's like Doom with Levareas, certainly. Yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, it's 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 a thing where you know I think that I think I think that's a good comparison, but I think Wilson is even more pragmatic about it. Like, I think, I think Wilson is, is so much more, like, invested in the idea that, like, I not only, uh, you know, not only am I, like, the smartest and most capable person, but I know how to control crime. There's a weird, almost superhero-esque, Absolutely. Uh, yes. you know, rationale to what he yeah, does. Yeah, this is that, what I do. I don't he, need
0: someone else fucking up New York. That's my job.
1: Yeah. And, and, that, and, that he, and, and,
0: again, that I know how to do it and and do it in a way that's better and more
1: efficient. Yeah, that 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 he understands how to control crime in a way that superheroes haven't figured yep. out. So it is it is a superhero motivation, which is like the you know like like he's just one of those great characters, uh, you know, where you see how this guy gets up every day, looks in the mirror, and says, "I'm the good guy here." Of course, like I I am the hero of this yep. story, and you know the best Marvel villains all have no that. question, no um, question, but uh, you know. But but Wilson's is, I think, especially well thought out. Yes. Like like even even if it even if it falls apart in the end, it's a it's a compelling argument on certain levels. So like uh to get to kind of, you know, touch on that and put the character in a, in a spot where that really shines through and uh and to put the heroes in an uncomfortable spot. Like, you know, there's there's a thing of, of you know, Jessica Jones says, you know, there's only one person who can hold the city together and we can't let him. And, you know, there's a counter argument to that. There's a, is that, is that really what you should be doing right now? You know, like if he is, if, 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 is he just the necessary evil that you should accept for the duration of this, if he can get you through it and more people will live, uh, you know, or, you know, do you die on principle and let other people die on principle? So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's a good example of kind of, uh, you know, a heroic figure may say something, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's entirely correct.
0: I'm with you. So, uh, final question for our, you know, for yep. this because I think you know I've, you've been good and you've uh, been hanging out and everything and answering all these. Yeah, we can come so. back, you know, if uh, you know if if it makes sense to come back at the end of the story, that's fine. Or if we, if there's another midpoint story, we'll see. But uh, sounds good. But yeah, so so obviously the announcement too to extend it one more issue and everything. Uh, what can, yeah, what sure. can you tell us about that decision?
1: Well, I was always I like like poor Tom Brevoort and David Gabriel and Axel and just everybody at Marvel. I mean, I'm I'm constantly asking for for more workspace. on this thing, like uh you know that, that that just you know not not just you guys are going to be the beneficiary of so many extra pages, um you know that just every issue I'm I'm way over uh page count well, and that's cool. um yeah no no it'd be great I mean it's a really good deal you know uh uh and uh, but you know. It, it, it wasn't the plan per se, but, you know, I, I, I had a very ambitious outline. We'll, we'll put it that way. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to do a lot, um, you know, that, 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 you know, when you when you have a story with this many moving parts and you want to come back and, you know, f- follow up on those moving parts properly, you know, the, the pages start adding up very quickly. Most comics have an A, B plot structure, yes. uh, maybe an A, B, C. This, you know, goes through F. Sure. So, sure. like, it, it, you know, you're just like you're cycling through a lot of things and that adds up very quickly. Uh, so, you know, so I've always been asking for more and, you know, uh, very kindly, uh, you know, uh, the folks at Marvel made it possible for an extra issue. But what's nice about this is, you know, knock on wood and everything. But as it looks, you know, we're, we're holding this ship together and, you know, getting this thing done on time. Uh, So, you know, it it, it, it certainly appears like uh, this thing is still going to end when we said it's going to end. You're going to get an extra issue, but the extra issue is going to ship in August. uh, You know, and the the, the 10 will basically ship when 9 did. 9 will ship a little bit earlier than planned. Uh, So, like, we're we're not off the rails uh, on the calendar, which is nothing short of a miracle and uh, i i wish i could take credit for that but it really comes down to uh tom revoort and alana smith uh you know who are the fantastic editors here and uh you know are doing a herculean job of keeping this thing together uh but yeah so so we were like you know we're doing an extra issue but as it is we're you know we're on time and and it's not going to step on what comes next and and all those things. So, as, as far as I'm concerned, everybody won, and uh, I was actually really happy when when the announcement came out. Uh, you know, I immediately like looked to see how, how you know how many people were saying I should be fired, uh, and uh, I you know I looked through and like like the responses were actually pretty positive, and maybe that's just because you know like like people are kind of used to this happening, but uh, you know people seem seem down for more and uh you know that's that that tells me that on some level we're we're resonating that's cool man
0: well you know i like i said from the start i thought it was an interesting concept and uh it's going in directions that i didn't expect which is what i want a story to do is surprise me and uh and yeah so i think we're at an interesting point three issues in so it is the number it will go from a numbering standpoint to a tenth Issue, which with the zero issue is 11 issues, right? Or really, free comic book day 12. Exactly. Yeah, sure, half, sure. Whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, 11 and a half, let's okay. say.
1: Good, I miss the Maxi uh, series. Yeah, so, so I miss the 12 parts. Right, you know, right. I think no, some no, stories no, really I, need I, to be longer. You know? I have a pet theory on this that I actually do tend to think that, like, uh, event stories should be longer. Uh, that, you know, like, like my favorite ones. Are on the long side, and uh, you know, I tend to just think that, like, if we're going, if we if we want these things to be what they say that they are, you know, which is like the biggest story you can possibly tell, uh, you know, you got to understand that in this day and age of us like doing these big mega arcs on our ongoings, it's very hard to say that with a straight face on a six or seven issue book, like, it, it can be done. No question. But like it's really hard to match, you know, what what, you know, we can do now with, you know, 18 issue mega arcs on the ongoings, uh, you know, to 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 pull off something of that scope in six or seven is really tricky. So I I tend to think, you know, uh, uh, you know, that, that these things uh, probably should be a little bit longer. And I'm, I'm very grateful that we found ways to make this one uh, you know the length that I needed. I agree with you. So. I mean,
0: I, I I said this to Dan, and I meant it. And also in the press conference for it, clone conspiracy in Spider Man was a good story, but it needed those amazing Spider Man issues to give us the conversations that would have come up in that story. And uh, and well, and there was know, there was yeah. and their solution was to obviously have them go concurrently. And they're like, you can just read clone conspiracy, and it's like, well, yeah, you could, but you're not really getting the emotional punch that came from. The other conversations, again, that were happening in Amazing Spider-Man, and certainly extended in the in the rest of the Spider family. But even you know, again, it really needed those extra Spider-Man issues, in particular, to tell
1: Peter. No, it really, story. fleshed the thing yeah. out and made it made it a complete story. And and yeah, I mean, I I love connecting but I think you know a lot of it has to do with you're reading both and like you know they're they're just kind of feeding each other. So uh, yeah, it, 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 it's very tricky stuff. Everybody's trying to figure out you know different ways to do it. We kind of toyed with, you know, uh, you know, like, like what we do with the cap issues, uh, you know, throughout. And there's going to be a cap issue that's going to be pretty integral uh, towards the end because we're coming up on a cap milestone. So, uh, Which milestone's coming up? You know, so uh, we've got a cap 25 uh, <laughs> coming up. So, uh, you know, so, so that one will be uh you know that one will be a pretty big deal in terms of the overall okay. story you know that's for for Sam that's you know uh you know that's that's a, that's a big deal issue and and yeah i mean when you add in the uh you know the the, the issues you know that's 30 plus issues so far of of you know a a a book starring Sam Wilson as Captain yeah, America you know i mean i think it's well, a big I deal
0: say, we haven't talked about Sam's real role right now and obviously coming back in issue 2 where Clearly, again, with that time that we don't know that un- that unknown amount of time, he stopped being Captain yeah. America for a
1: while. Yeah, and you're going to get a little bit of background on that in this in the Sam book, uh, and uh, you know a a, 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 a a little bit in the event. Uh, but you know, this story is still very fundamentally uh, Sam's story in a lot of ways, and um, uh, you know as, as 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 we go through. Um, you know, you're going to see his journey uh, kind of come to, to come to some big moments. And uh, I, I liked that, that idea of kind of starting him and this is kind of like, uh, you know, Aragorn at the start of Lord of the Rings, <laughs> you know, that like he's just he just he doesn't want any of this stuff. Like just 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 stay away from me. Uh, I have no interest in what you have planned for me. And, uh, you know, I, I, like that narrative journey a lot. So to get to put Sam into that and have that kind of, you know, fall into place like that is pretty cool. And, uh, this week, uh,
0: Captain America, Steve Rogers, 17 comes out and does, does, yeah, Sam, that's right. does that's right. 22 come out for uh, Sam Wilson as well?
1: I think that's the week after. Okay. I, I, I think that that's the week after, but they're both coming up. I mean, it's, uh, you know, here, here, here in May. Uh, Say it again. you dropped out for a second. you dropped out for a second. Say it again, bud. Oh sure, sure. No, just, just you know, it, yeah. It's, it's both those books are, are coming out here over the next couple weeks, as well as Secret Empire three. So, uh, oh, it's you three, know, it's still a coming lot. out
0: in May as well. Three,
1: three comes out the last, the last week Holy of May. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a lot of books. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's. It's, uh, uh, by design, of course. but, um, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, cool to kind of get the whole foundation laid, uh, here, you know? So, um, uh, yeah, all, all three of those are out over the next couple of weeks. Wow. Uh, the, the Steve and Sam issues are really cool. They kind of just give you some background on where these guys are and like, like, uh, you know, does what I think, you know, good tie-ins should do, which is just kind of give concepts some breathing room and. Uh, you know kind of give them a little bit more of a human touch on the things that you've maybe had to zip through uh, you know in your main event so uh, I, yeah I, I, I I'm, I'm pretty excited for folks to get all those and then three of secret Empire it definitely has a uh, a pretty cool moment uh, for our ending and um, you know it's two and three of secret Empire are very much interconnected in kind of the same phase and Sorrentino did both That's and great uh you know so they they kind of fit together as a as a whole before the one shots you know start hitting uh and uh, uh you know before we kind of get into the next phase which is like four and five uh so so yeah so it's all it's all it's all coming I gotta man. tell you there's, man there's, um, there's a lot in may a lot in the, June. Uh, the variety of
0: artists has not uh hurt my enjoyment of the book I don't I mean I, you know and it's funny because I went back and reread one and two. And had forgotten that McNiven had done <laughs> the first issue, and and also Rod's interludes in uh, Sorrentino's, you know, their their issue in issue two. You know, I love Rod. Rod's a great guy, and I'm so happy for him because he's he's always been a wonderful colorist and brought that you know edge that a good colorist can to a book. But I'm so glad that you're you know you guys are using him, and also. You know that uh, Higgins uh, has used him in so many of his image books and everything. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and he's he's, uh, uh, he's a guy. I did I did
1: run into Rod at C two E two, and I'm always happy to see him. Yeah, yeah. And he, just great he just dude. A, he's just a nicest absolutely. guy. Yeah, just the nicest guy, and just uh, such a phenomenal yes. talent. Um, and uh, you know he he did he did the you know uh, that great yeah he did well he did you know he did he did great work at Image with 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 Kyle oh, Higgins. And I, I just, uh, like, you know, became such a huge fan of his stuff, like looking at Cowell. And then, yeah, so I, you know, I, when we were looking for artists for uh, The Oath, uh, for the Civil War II epilogue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I threw his name in the mix. And, uh, you know, was very excited that he came on board. And then so as soon as we were figuring out who would do these sequences – uh, you know, I immediately was like, we, we got to get Rod to do these. And um, I, I just I'm I'm such a fan of the guy. And I'm so happy to see him like getting this, you know, this level of, of exposure and stuff because he he certainly deserves it. And and, you know, I, sh- I really should say, I mean, Andrea Sorrentino uh, is just a, an absolute genius yep. um, and, you know, did such a such a phenomenal job on two and and on three and what's to come. But, uh, you know, I was, I was just so happy to have that issue come out. I mean, the issues before this, I got to work with, you know, Steve McNiven and Daniel Cunha who are, you know, both already like (laughs) legends and everybody knows who they are. And, and, you know, like, like, uh, you know, like, like, so this issue was really fun for me because there were lots of people who had never picked up a, a Sorrentino book or they'd never seen Rod's stuff. And so, you know, for them to kind of get to see that work and, and you know fall in love with that art, you know that 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 was such a thrill for me to, to kind of get to get to share that that with the no audience. No question,
0: man. No, and I you know I mean I was a fan when he was doing his uh, Green Arrow run with Lemire and certainly old right. Logan. And am I right? I have to go back and look at my graphic novels. Didn't he do that one uh, sunset with Christos Gage? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the uh, first time I saw him, and he's got that great uh, Tim Bradstreet kind of realistic style. And, absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah. But, you know.
1: I mean, he was he was a perfect fit for this absolutely. story. You know, like that, just like like he's he, uh, you know, he he really added something to the mix when he came on board. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm having such a great time working. That's on him. excellent, man.
0: Well, keep it up. Nice going. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying the story, and I and I think. Uh, it will be very interesting to see how uh, when this is done uh, you know I'm, I'm certainly rooting for you to stick the landing and everything but and I'm sure you know and I'm sure you've got your story in order but uh, it'll be interesting to see years from now how people regard this story because of the amount of debate that has come from it is an honest you know uh, out, outcry from from fans but yeah it does to kind of go back to that very simple question of, Again, do you want your Big Mac, or are you, you know, is it nice? Is it nice every now and then to get something else? And 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 uh, that's usually the the more notable stories. Those are the stories that stand out. The original Secret Empire is a classic example of that.
1: Well, nobody nobody's more curious as to how it'll all be received than I am. <laughs> so, uh, it it's 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 definitely been a whirlwind. So I'm 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 excited for people to kind of see what's left of it. And yeah, let's. Uh, Let's plan to talk when it's all wrapped up, and, and you know we can talk about the end game. And uh, you know I can explain how it all went wrong. <laughs> no, no. Thanks, Nick. Always a pleasure, man. Hey, thanks, Ed. Okay, Nick and I are recording this little
0: addendum because we just said goodbye to each other, and obviously there's still plenty of time left in the podcast. Because um, just a couple of weeks went by. You know, I was I as I think I've been on the record with this a lot of times. I let people hear the interview before I put it out, just so that you know nothing gets spoiled. No PR things get screwed up and things like that. And suddenly we realized we couldn't uh that, that you know, a couple issues uh, came out specifically that you wrote, Nick.
1: Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we had we had Secret Empire three come out in that gap because we we love the, the, the frequent shipping. Indeed. So and, it does not take that long. To, and Steve yeah.
0: Rogers and Sam Wilson.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So both the cat books.
0: Yeah. So honestly I want to start with Steve Rogers first because I think chronologically that came out first. Think so. and um i loved that sally floyd is back because <laughs> i'm a, you know honestly i remember uh paul jenkins yeah uh wrote like kind of the sally floyd stuff
1: yeah yeah i mean paul paul uh, uh paul co-created the character and and you know uh it was kind of uh you know Obviously instrumental in, in the Civil War Frontline and wrote that. So, yeah.
0: The classic the classic Cap interview for people who don't remember maybe that like Cap was kind of out of touch with the common man. And I love it because it is so 2005, 2006.
1: People forget that that was like the original social media shitstorm. Yes. That was like – that was uh, I, I will never forget how people lost their minds uh, over that interview. And I loved Frontline. And uh, I, I thought that um, I, I thought that it, it, it was it was one of the best portrayals of journalists that I'd ever uh, read in comics and that they they actually sounded like journalists. Agreed. And, you know, the, 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 the question sounded like journalists. And it was so uh, surreal to watch people, uh, you know, go go crazy about that question as, as a fan at the time, because it was such It was so believable that a journalist would ask that question, and it's one of the best examples ever, I think, of uh, the character and the writer being confused by the reader, and you know, just this, uh, you know, just, just, you know, I was, I was at the time, I was just starting to think, you know, uh, you know about, uh, you know about about getting into writing and writing more, and I just remember thinking then as a fan, wow. Like this is a thing that really happens, isn't it? You know that, that people just assume that what your character says is what you say, and and they take it that personally. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, it was it, it was a surreal thing to watch, and and to years later, to 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 be living through that same kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I was like, I was like, we uh, we got to get Sally Floyd in here, and also. A big thing for me was really this whole Steve Rogers Captain America run has been about taking kind of key moments in the character's history and inverting them and putting this twist on them. Uh, and I really do think that that interview is is like, you know, in that decade, it's it's one of the big Cap highlights, I you know, that, that uh, you know, all the people who kind of rushed his, his defense, you know, how the fans just, you know, were so insistent. Uh, you know, that that argument was lacking. And, and you know, it's to me, the question is not whether or not, uh, you know, the argument is lacking like that, that. That's that's really not the issue. You know, the issue is, do you believe that a reporter at that time would ask that question? And I 1000 percent believe that a reporter would ask that question. I think that the reporter would be asking that question even more frequently and more loudly now uh, than then. Yes. So. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, you know it, it, it was it was a fantastic beat. You know, just, just just an incredibly memorable moment in comics, and so I wanted to you know get it in here uh, as you know as as a moment to invert and and so that you can kind of see the other side of it. And I remembered back when Frontline hit. You know, people were just furious that Steve at that point. You know, he really is just broken and beaten, and you know he's just sullen. And, uh, you know, he just kind of sits there and takes it. And, you know, lots of people were like, oh, you know, he should have, you know, he should have went off on her. And, you know, so now you get to see through, you know, through Hydra through Cap, uh, you know, you get to see why that's not really a great thing. <laughs> you know, you, you get to see why, while that might be your first impulse and why that might be uh, what you want uh, to happen in that moment. Uh, you know, the reality of it is a much more chilling thing and that, you know, that there is a reason why we don't attack reporters and there is a reason why we don't jail reporters. And, yeah. you know, that, that, that it's not because they never ask annoying questions. You know, it's 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 you know, it's not because, uh, you know, we always think that they're right or, you know, that we always agree with them. So uh, so, I you know, I, I, I felt like it was a it was a great beat for us to hit because it just brought us a full circle in a nice way with Steve, you know, that, that, that it really is, um, you know, as we were looking at what, uh, you know, this, this hydro controlled United States would look like one of the first things that was obvious was that, you know, press freedoms and, and, you yeah. know, uh, free speech would be one of the first things under attack. And, uh, you know, so to have kind of Sally, Sally Floyd uh you know sitting there and you know to have her uh you know just just so perfectly suited for the issue it, it was really nice how it all came together
0: did now was that always part of the original plan or is it because of some
1: of the social media attacks <laughs> that you kind of went through that it was like hey this is familiar no you know i mean and that was the funny thing was you know when it came out people were just like uh, you know, like like when he when he has that last line of uh, you know, uh, I'm sure people on on Twitter will be furious. Uh, people were like, uh, you know, people were like, I I you know that 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 uh, you know that was me kind of self inserting, um, and, and I was like, if I'm gonna in self insert myself into a story, it's not gonna be the bad guy, you know, like it's it's, it's not gonna be the villain. What, 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 what that moment, uh, you know, to me uh, was about a couple of things. The, the first was about this kind of uh, video game that so many people were sucked into, uh, which is kind of, you know, social media activism. Yes. You know, that like, uh, you know, that, that, that it's almost like pe- people have been like they're like it's like they're kittens and they've been given a ball of yarn and, you know, like they just can't let it go. And it's not really doing anything. You know, like it's 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 not really changing anything. It's it's just this place where everybody goes. And I feel like I, I, I see this more and more in the world that just kind of uh, something happens. And people's immediate reaction is to, like, get on Twitter and make a snarky joke about it and just like watch the watch the hearts pile up. And you're like, you didn't you didn't move move a needle on anything here. You know, like like this isn't. You know, this isn't real protesting. This isn't real organizing. This isn't real mobilizing. This is just everybody on Twitter saying things to a bunch of other people who agree with them. Uh, and you know how how detrimental that can become over time. That that just sure. uh, you know that, that that it's a it's a giant distraction. And I'm less and less convinced as time goes on that that you know it's it's amounting to much of anything productive. Uh, but what it is. What it does do is give you this feeling that you're changing things. You know, you just yes. if you if you're just sitting there refreshing, you're like, man, everybody is talking about this thing, you know, and, and you're like, well, not really. You know, like like there's 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 the vast majority of people have never logged on to this website that you're on. That's true. or, you know, they, they barely do to like check on their kids photos or whatever. True. Uh, but to, but to you, it's the whole ecosystem. Uh, and so really that moment was about that was about you know uh, Hydra Steve's kind of just sneering uh, you know contempt for 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 this kind of uh, you know artificial reality um, that's that's constructed on there and so so really it was about that and and then it was just look you know uh, obviously it was myspace uh, in the yes. uh, original <laughs> uh, in yeah. In the original story, it's my face, and I was so thrilled to get to use the rolling timeline on it. Like, like I, I you know, like I, am a big fan of the of the rolling timeline generally, and, and so like anytime you get an opportunity to to use it, it's fun for me. Um, but you know, it was uh, obviously that line had always stuck with people. It's, a, it's a, the Sally Floyd thing, the 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 monologue, the speech that she gives, it's way more than just that. You know, yes. like, like, there's, like, stuff about NASCAR, you know, there's, like, there's oh, yeah. just, there's a whole bunch of other bits in it, but the thing that everybody remembers is the MySpace account. Yeah, do you
0: have a MySpace account?
1: Yeah. Yeah, do you, do you, do you have a, have a MySpace account? Is, is the thing that, so, you, you know, in Steve, we, we've established that, you know, that Hydra Steve has all the memories of the original sure. Steve, you know, sure. that, 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 that he remembers everything. And, you know, his big critique, of of steve is is that you know steve was just that he was too nice that he was too weak you know that that just that that you know uh that he let things slide too much and so you so i knew that that myspace thing you know that the or you know as the 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 twitter thing as it became like it had to be sticking in his crawl you know that like that he was sitting across from this woman that had humiliated this like weak, ineffectual version of himself that he kind of has to live with the memories of. And so,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So like now he's going to show you, you know, uh, that you're dealing with somebody different now, you know, that that, that he's going to show you. And so I knew that he would have some back pocket snark, uh, you know, to, 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 to dish out to her uh, when the moment came. And I'm convinced, you know, that, that Steve through that whole interview, He's holding on to that line. Sure. You know, like, like, the, the, that he can't wait to bust it out. And so, you know, so, so it was really about, about that, you know, that, that, yeah. those were the two things that were in my head. And then, so when it came out and everybody's like, uh, you know, and everybody's like, is the sense talking to you through a comic book? Uh, I was like, not, nah, not, not, not so much. Not that not, way, not, exactly. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not that way directly. But whatever. It's pretty funny, regardless. No, I love. Honestly, I love. It. <laughs> well, and also,
0: it uh, even further back. I always loved that moment in um, Daredevil: Born Again, that Frank Miller did with Cap, Cap yeah, for to, sure where Cap needs to get the information about um, Nuke, and he goes yeah, to yeah, a, and he goes yeah. to a computer terminal. And just for a second, he's 1940s Steve again, where he's right. like, what the fuck am I doing? God, I hate this. <laughs> right, Can't it just right, be right. a file cabinet that I can rifle through? And he dismisses no, exactly. it. And it's just a handful of panels. But it really was like, man, Frank Miller in like five panels. That's yeah. Captain America right there.
1: No, for sure, for sure. And so, and, so, you so, know, yeah.
0: we, so all that stuffs kind of swirls together. And, it, and as you say, you know, it's all part of Cap's story. So no, I, yeah, I, I do and, think it know, reaches we, we that far to, back, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we did, we did you know, the inversion moment on the, uh, you know, I'm loyal to nothing except the dream thing when he, you know, when he confronted Skull uh, in the, uh, uh, you know, back in the Steve Rogers Captain America book. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, it, again, it's, it's about kind of hitting those moments sure. and putting the spin on them. The, other, the last thing I should say about that, about that, uh, about that Steve issue is uh, – that one of my favorite things about it is that Ramon Box, who was the, the other co-creator uh, of, of, of Sally and, and you know who did frontline, okay. uh, obviously we got him back to draw uh, you know the Sally sequences in this issue. and that I didn't even know that until uh, they were being drawn. And so I kind of saw Ramon's first pages and I just thought that was a really nice touch that uh, Tom Brevort and, and Dave Macho deserve a lot of credit for, for making happen
0: that's awesome that's fantastic um, also and and I'm glad you mentioned the skull because I, I, I did forget so is that is that the skull's mask that he gives magneto or is it uh, is it, uh, well, is I, it's, it his head?
1: It's, it's it's just his head so, <laughs> um, it's not it's not it's not very subtle um, but yeah yeah in terms of the the, the, the magneto scene um, obviously you know we had uh, in fact, you know, when the villain variants uh, got announced for the, for the book, uh, you know, for Secret Empire, people saw the Magneto one and they just, you know, freaked out immediately. They were like, you made Magneto a Hydra? That's, you know, it's unthinkable. It's unconscionable. Uh, and, you know, like, like to give a little backstory on, on how that all works, uh, variants more than anything else in comics get commissioned uh, way in advance you know that the that the, the artists start working on on variants really early sure. and in this case you know we had a list of prominent villains that were going to be showing up uh, throughout secret Empire you know so like there's there's one of of Kingpin and we've seen you know now uh, in the main series you know Kingpin isn't Hydra he's right. he's inside the Dark force and and he's uh, Saving people. Uh, you know he's, Saving he's people kind of, of making price. the most of that situation yeah. exactly yeah. Um, you know so so it wasn't uh, list of characters that were Hydra, uh, you know, it was it was just, uh, you know, a list of prominent villains that were going to be appearing uh, in the series, and was meant to be taken about as literally as, like, Andrea Sorrentino's Hydra variants, where, you know, Star-Lord is Hydra, and Spider-Man is Hydra, and, Yeah, uh, you know, it was certainly never intended uh, to be taken as, you know, an actual story beat, um, but, uh, but at the same time, like, when the whole internet went crazy about that. I didn't want to, I certainly didn't want to come out and spoil our story. Certainly. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, I, I, I think once you open the door on, you know, releasing facts about a story that hasn't come out yet, uh, in response to that kind of thing, you're just, you're really on like just that an incredibly dangerous slippery slope. So, uh, so we kind of had to live with that for months and, um, yeah, you know, I can give a little bit of, of of Inside Baseball on this, I think, at this point uh, that uh, when I pitched uh, the story initially, uh, Magneto was going to be a, a, a more of a focal point in the new Teon story. Um, and, you know, then things developed in other books and stuff, you, you know, in the year or so in between that, you know, that didn't make quite as much sense. Uh so so then we had this thing where um we had Magneto on a variant cover. Lots of people had obviously been talking about the variant cover. Uh and um you know, but we'd already kind of settled on a new status quo uh for newtian and that'll get explored some in uh Secret Empire, United, and uh, you, you know, after that, it within the within the main series. Okay. Uh, but, uh, so we kind of had this thing of of now, you know, well, where does where does Magneto fit into this, or does he at all? You know, there was kind of a moment there where it was like maybe he just doesn't show up in the book, and uh, and I kind of I kind of hated that because hey, we you know then it would just seem like Uh, You know, we'd put out that cover, and and the internet had yelled at us, and we changed our mind on a story. And uh, on top of that, I really felt like there was a good story beat to be mined from, uh, you know, from a conversation between uh, between Steve and Magneto, and just you know uh, that you're 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 talking about two people who have uh, viewpoints that could not be more opposed, uh, and yet. Uh, because they they've almost gone the full circle there's 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 a point of connection again you know that that, that they're so far opposites that it, it that it comes back around to a point where they can understand each other you know where they speak the same language where it's it's very much a conversation of i hate you you hate me now that we've gotten that out of the way you know we can we can do business and um you know, it leads them to have what I think is like one of the most honest conversations that you see anybody have with Steve. You know, that, that, that Steve kind of drops the facade, uh, yes. you know, and and is much more direct. And and in and in being more direct, I think he's showing Magneto a level of respect that he doesn't uh, for most of the people that that, that he, he deals, deals with. Yeah. Yeah. That that you know he is like uh, you know I think I think Steve understands where Magneto is coming from in a way that that he doesn't understand what you know uh, your average s- superhero thinks you know like he he sees that as a broken system whereas what Magneto wants to do Steve can kind of understand it like he opposes it and he'll you know he'll 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 do everything he can to make make it not happen but. He can understand where the guy is coming from, and so you kind of have this like strongman dictator, uh, you know, fascist, uh, uh, you know, understanding. And you kind of have this yes. this thing of, of you know, we we have different armies, but we want to do the same thing with those armies, so we can talk and we can make a deal. Um, and uh, so you know, I, I think that it, it it ended up leading to a you know a really fascinating conversation between these two characters and. Uh, you know, this is kind of the version of Magneto that I like the most. He's uh, I think that, uh, you know, he's an incredibly complex villain, but I, I still put him in the villain camp, you know, yes. uh, and, um, you know, I, I think that uh, the, the frustrating thing about Magneto should always be that you, you look at him and you say, you are doing this for the right people. And you are, you know, like, like, like I can understand, I can understand how you got to where you are, but where you got to is wrong. And, uh, you know, that, that to me is, is, is always at the heart of, of, of any, you know, good Magneto take. And, uh, so I really wanted to, you know, reinforce that as well here that, you know, you, you, you kind of look at Magneto is the, you know, the, 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 the heroic, the, you know, the, 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 If you're choosing between the two, uh, you know, you're going to choose Magneto, but, uh, you know, he is still coming at it from a really unhealthy and bad place. (laughs) Um.
0: Well, I'm also, based on what happened in uh, issue three of uh, Secret Empire and also the latest uh, Steve issue and also the tease for the next Steve issue, uh, very excited to see the confrontation with Namor because that's such a special relationship. And in fact, it ironic timing um i i just talked to carl kiesel uh, in the last few weeks oh nice and um his patriot miniseries right and it's yeah. you know uh, when 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 jeff mace is captain america during those post-war yeah. years and it just you know and he's dealing with the former invaders the all-winner squad and and it just reminds me because the whole time namor's like look man you're not captain america uh, you know i mean you know it's that it's it goes back to that uh, Lloyd Benson uh, Dan Quayle uh, vice presidential debate. I knew Jack no, Kennedy; exactly, he's a friend exactly. of mine. You know Jack Kennedy, and and that's exactly. why I really think the Namor Cap relationship is always interesting because it really is at the end of the day, this human being and this Atlantean and the human being go, "Hey man, come on, we were war buddies. We you know we fought together, and there really is this level of respect that Namor doesn't have for other people. So I can't wait to see." what hydra cap and namor have to say to each other i imagine that be yeah
1: there's 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 uh you know namor plays a, a really key role throughout the whole event but uh especially here in uh the next issue of steve and in uh, uh secret empire 4 uh you know he gets some some really big moments cool. and um you know it, it's it's really fun to have them uh face off you know and and What's what's especially interesting about now is um, that they have a slightly different relationship because now Steve is also a head of state. Sure. So you have this thing where they both kind of represent countries, and and you know it, it, you you get this extra kind of weight and formality to their conversations that you know you probably wouldn't have had before. You know that, that instead of being a conversation between you know, uh, two superheroes or two superpowered people, uh, you know, it becomes, you know, way more a conversation between two world leaders. Yeah, and, geopolitics, uh, absolutely, man. Yeah, so, so, you know, and and that's uh, one of the big things that we said, you know, going into the series generally is we wanted to use the whole map and kind of, you know, uh, make sure that, that, that people understand that, you know, these are countries and kingdoms and places that we're, that we're bringing in, that it's not just people in costumes fighting each other, that, yeah. you know, there are actual geopolitical interests there. So, like, uh, you know, you, you, you want to always kind of keep that uh, in the background, too. And intergalactic interest because, I mean, obviously you've got
0: yeah. the S.H.I.E.L.D. around the world and you got, you got, you know, Captain Marvel and her team trying to fight, plus you had Star-Lord going to uh, other <laughs> galactic powers and saying, hey, help yeah. us out and everything. So exactly. no, pretty cool stuff, man. Absolutely. I, um, you know, and again, the mystery of other Steve, uh, you know, it kind of is just existing and we get a little more padding, but not, you know, no more. You answers. get Just a
1: little more and you'll, you'll, you'll keep getting more as, sure. as we go along. I think that, <laughs> uh, I, I think that, you know, what we can say based on, you know, the next chapter being out in that is I think people can start to see that, uh you know if your option is is either kind of uh metaphysical or continuity based i think people now are starting to see that that it's almost certainly you know more metaphysical sure uh but you know that that's not the whole story so oh yeah we'll 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 continue to show you that and and you know i i think I think the next one really starts to bring things into focus a little bit more and you start to kind of understand what this story is. Okay.
0: All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't want you to, I don't want you to tip. And I honestly, <laughs> no, it was funny because when we, obviously people listening and stuff, know when we talked about it at the second issue and stuff, I kind of appreciated what you had to say about it in terms of, yeah, this isn't an easy fix and let's, you know, so no, tell your story, man. It's all good. And then Sam to wrap up, you know, I mean the reluctant, uh, you know, the guy who quit, And completely disillusioned and just wants to be left alone and everything. But, you know, duty calls him back and uh, it's, you
1: know. Yeah, the the Sam story was like one of the most challenging uh, bits for me um, because I really wanted, you know, where we left Sam at the end of Sam Wilson, Captain America, he'd already given up being Captain America as a result of what had happened with the Mm AmeriCops and with Rage. Uh, So he was already kind of at uh, his lowest point. Um, The challenge was sort of uh, that now, you know, while the Steve story has been kind of playing out in the background of Sam's book, you know, it hasn't quite been at the fore. Uh, and so now, you know, now those two stories completely dovetail and connect. And so how do you, uh, you know, do service to the Sam story that you built for uh, a year? You know, how do you make uh, this cohesive with that? You know, like, like how do you just make sure that it, it's not, uh, you know, that, it, that they're not totally unrelated and that, that you know, um, that Sam's, you know, Sam's walk back up. Uh, you know, feels like a natural progression from where he was. Um, and so, you know, so this issue was really about that was really about kind of trying to show that the issues that led Sam to give up the shield are the same issues that he's now dealing with, uh, you know, in secret empire that, 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 you know, he doesn't recognize the country that he's in that, uh, that you know he feels outnumbered, and you know that that he he feels like he's it's not a flag that he can wear in good conscience, and so, you know, so I, I think that that making sure that the themes dovetailed, um, you know, and 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 making sure that you know Sam was still looking at a world that that he said you know this is treating people unfairly and. And a majority of folks are looking at it and doing nothing in response. And, you know, that was, you know, that was what bothered Sam throughout the Sam Wilson, Captain America book. And it's still what bothers him now. Uh, So, you know, even though, you know, the details of it might have changed somewhat, uh, you know, he's still very much struggling with the same things. And the other big challenge for it was we've had Sam give up being captain america how far do you go with that you know that like you know how out of the scene is he and you know i think one of the things that we realized really quickly early on is sam couldn't just be sitting in a house saying well to hell with it you know that he couldn't just just uh you know be hiding out doing nothing uh that that just you know in terms of in terms of, you know, taking into account the character's inherent heroism and, you know, desire to help people, he couldn't just be sitting around doing nothing while Hydra took over the country. Sure. So instead, you know, it became what could Sam be doing uh, that, you know, wouldn't contradict all of his feelings? You know, what 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 could Sam be doing that, uh, you know, that that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, Step on his decision to not be Captain America, but would still be helping. And, you know, it seemed pretty clear that that would be getting people out of the country, that it would be, you know, helping people escape this. Um, and so uh, so I'm really proud of that. You know, I think that that's that, you know, that's a great place to put Sam now, mm-hmm. um, you know, where he's still helping people, but he's helping people in a way that says this is a lost cause. Uh, you know, that, that, that trying to turn this place around and trying to turn these people around is wrong. I just need to find the people who need the most help and get them clear of this. Um, and so it's still a very bitter, cynical, tough place that, that Sam's in, even as he's doing good. And, you know, it just becomes how long until Sam takes that next step in realizing what he has to do.
0: Very cool. And then in, in Empire 3, um, Hank Pym... Is uh,
1: right in a weird place. Uh, yeah, and that's that's really front and center in Secret Empire Four. Secret Empire Four <laughs> is very different from the previous issues. You know that that in one through 3, and especially in two and three, two and three are kind of the same phase of the story. Okay, you know that they're 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 kind of uh, you know two issues that are about putting all the players on the board and you know pushing them off in in their directions. You yeah, know so. Uh, so, so really the two and three are the same story Four becomes something really different where we're, we spend almost the entire time, uh, in the story about Hank, uh, in the story about Ultron. Um, yeah, that and you sounds know, we, cool. we, yeah. yeah, so, so we're not bouncing around, uh, quite as much. We certainly, you know, it's, 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 it's not, you know, three pages here and then we go off someplace else. It's. You're really going to put the camera there for a while and and you know keep you there. Have, so, have uh, they merged and it's, have, have have Hank and Ultron merged? They they have, although it's it's a source of debate. Like, okay. uh, you know the, the heroes will say uh, that's not Hank. You know that Ultron is basically wearing his face. Uh huh. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, you know others will be like, no, I, I think that that that's actually <laughs> Hank. Uh, and so it's, it's, when you, when the issue comes out, you'll see how it plays out and kind of how the game is given away, I think is, is, is a fun moment, but really what the issue is all about, um, is there's, there's this whole other component of this story that, that, uh, that, that, uh, I, Tom Brewer and I talk about, which is, um, so we've, obviously people get that, you know, the story is about this kind of rise of fascism and, uh, you know, about, you know, the heroes confronting uh, this, you know, this person that betrayed them and that they put entirely too much trust in at a moment when they were divided and, uh, you know, and, 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 and about the kind of regrets and pain that they feel mm-hmm. about that. But so the question kind of becomes, if they failed that badly, um, you know, if the heroes have, have, have dropped the ball to that extent um then what do they need to do to start climbing back up? you know what do they need to do to get to that kind of point of worthiness uh, you know where they can stand up to this guy and say no, you're you're wrong you know like that the world is better off with us than you um, and to me it seemed like if you were going to do that they were going to have to confront their demons that you know that they were going to have to confront the mistakes that they'd made that, that they weren't Ever going to learn from them if they didn't face them? Mm -hmm. And the the confrontation with Ultron with Hank is very much about that. You know that that uh, in the in the list of things that have gone wrong for the Avengers through the years, it's a pretty safe place to say that you know what happened with Hank is very high on the list, and it is it is maybe the the most striking in some ways you know yes. like that that it's uh you know that it's the big ugly stain on Avengers history you know that that, that it's 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 the one that when you're like where that the, you think if if the Avengers are sitting around they're like okay where did it all start to go wrong yep uh, you know they might say the Hulk you know like you might say Early that, that sure. right at the sure. start sure. the Hulk but then the next really big, really bad thing I think is Hank. You know yeah. that 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 you, that you say that everything that happened with Hank is kind of so. So I wanted to bring them back to that. You know, like I I, I wanted to bring them back to that and kind of have them have to take a look at that and you know uh, sure. and and you know have to confront that and um, so it really is about kind of that the first thing in... You know, I kind of call it like there its like the group therapy phase. You know, it's—it's the—it's—it's it's the phase where they're just airing grievances, and uh, uh, that's that's really what uh, Secret Empire Four is 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 all about. Very cool, yeah, man. No, you know, I remember uh,
0: Slot Night talking about Hank's unique place in the Marvel universe, and that's the thing. It's like, and that um, I remember uh, Secret uh, Empire. Not secret empire. That's you. Yeah. Secret invasion. Excuse yeah. me. Secret invasion. Yeah. Right, right. With, with, yeah. And and that um, and that you know that uh, you know Dan revealed. He said, "Hey, man, you know, kind of went around the room for a second of maybe Skrull Hank was shitty Hank, and this is right. a chance to you know redeem Hank. And it's and like, I'm no, you so yeah, yeah, yeah. Go
1: ahead, you say it. I'm just, I'm so glad they didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, because then that's what, um, that's a dance. And he's like, no, 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 you can't take that. That's what makes Hank Hank. He needs that is that is you know and and it's it's a funny thing cuz obviously the character has a lot of fans um True. and you Absolutely. know like like you know that the uh you know and and for the record I mean he's one of my favorite Marvel characters like would certainly be a top 10 for me because of but the he's complexity. a top 10 for me because of the exactly because of the mistakes yes. like that is what makes him so much more interesting than the average superhero. That's what makes that whole story so much more interesting. Right. And again, we, you say, know? we say that not applauding
0: the sins of Hank Pym, but no, it makes him a more interesting character. And it's like right. that was that's the beauty of what Stan Lee brought to comics, that yeah. we didn't have uh, perfect Clark Kent. We didn't have even back then perfect Bruce Wayne. Who exactly. were, you know, where Batman was really more of a guys and, and, and an excuse for Batman and to just, be heroic. Just
1: how the, yeah. how the nagging insecurity that was set up, you know, at the beginning, how, you know, it, how it just continues to build and cycle through his story yep. until it hits that boiling point. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's beautifully pulled off. And, uh, you know, it, 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 and then, you know, just the, the chain of events you know, from there gets so interesting and, and just, you know, how every time it seems like it can't, how he can't screw up more and how it just can't get worse, how well they did it, how well they did it at having him double down. Yeah. And just, you know, until he's in a room with the masters of evil and they've got him like building things and he's just like, what the hell am I doing? Yep. You know, it, 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 it's, it's so great. And, uh, you know, it's it's just it's my favorite Avengers story and so, you know, I I, I when when uh you know when, when we were starting Secret Empire I was like I gotta do a Hank moment, like I, I gotta great. do you know, and, and this status quo that Rick set up uh you know and that Jerry followed up on um of Hank and Ultron being merged is so good. Like it's just so beautiful in like it, that it constantly has you questioning who you're dealing with and, uh, you know, the sincerity of everything, and it just... Uh, it's like, you gotta look at Hank and Hank's big mistake at the same time, and it's its just... Uh, it, it really... Um, you know, it really was the best next step for that character. It really reconnects him to that... Uh, you know, to that complexity that, yes. that everybody likes, and I just... Uh, it's funny because I really do. I, I, I see whenever, you know, cause obviously writing Ant-Man, you know, you hear from a lot of Hank fans sure. and, and, you know, we did, we did the, uh, the annual that, you know, had Scott and Hank team up and, uh, you know, you hear from the Hank fans and they're just always like, you know, I don't want to hear anymore about the slap, you know, like I, I don't want to hear anymore about yellow jacket, you know? And it's like, you really got to understand that is the best thing about the character. Yeah, like that. That is that, that, that those things make that character so much more interesting and so much more memorable uh, and such a tragic figure um, that, you know, writers are always going to go back to it sure. because it's 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 just it's really classic material. And so th- this issue is really going to be, uh you know, about that stuff. That's
0: excellent. No, that's really cool. And the Punisher, of course, uh, at the end. Yeah, uh, for, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, so we will see where. I mean, Frank's got the he's got the Hydra <laughs> shirt on. So, we. Uh,
1: you know, it. it, it how you look at look at how easily the uh, the logo uh, fits. <laughs> if you're wondering how all this happened, it, I mean, he didn't even need to buy new shirts. He just needed to trick him up a little um, bit. It's, yeah, It's it's been really funny because uh, every time we do one of these, you know, this person is Hydra reveals, like, every time there's a little bit less pushback because each time it's, like, just a little more plausible, you know? And, like, this one was really funny because, like, uh, there were people who feel really strongly. They're like, no, he would never do that. And then there, this, this one was by far the one that there was a definite sizable contingent who were like – no, I think you might. Like, <laughs> well, it, and so that was that was fun. And is, that, kind of, is
0: it still a question? I mean, that's the thing. It is the last page. We don't know if it's ironic or not.
1: We're going to we're going to answer it a little bit at the beginning of four. Okay. Um, but then there's there's a moment coming down the road. We're definitely going to explain, sure. you know, uh, uh, where you is. know, ha- where, where Frank's. Uh, head is and and you know what what his actual standing is and and you know what his position is um but uh you know we'll, we'll definitely give you the full explanation sure. but uh this was definitely the the one that uh when the responses came out it was the most divided which is why we did it in of part course, you know that of course that uh you know he was uh he was a really interesting character uh, to 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 put in this spot, and uh, I really wanted I really wanted to find a character that could make the situation as complicated as humanly possible <laughs> that, that that could uh you know make it as sticky as, as it could be and uh you know the, once you've done Captain America uh you know it's really hard to top and uh the, you know and certainly. You know, then we showed the Hydra Avengers, but people kind of got pretty quickly, I think, that, you know, there was some duress involved there. And certainly in the free comic book day, you know, you, you, you have reason to question a couple of them, mm-hmm. um, you know. But so when you're like, OK, so if, you know, once you're kind of past that point, though, you know, who can really turn heads uh, in this situation? And, you know, Frank, Frank, definitely fit the bone. And he, the, the stuff coming up with him is really great.
0: You know, I honestly, he is the great random element of the Marvel universe because I go back to when Cap died.
1: And you know, yeah. all right, fine. Now I'm Captain America. I'm <laughs> Frank Castle. How are you yeah, doing everybody? Yeah. And it's like, the, what? <laughs> you know, that in his role just just his role generally in Civil War, yes. that was a a good blueprint for this, you know, that 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 Frank is a funny guy because obviously he's got no superpowers or whatever, but uh you know he has a a presence you know and and he has there's an oddity to him and there's kind of an outside nature to him you know that that he's just he's just kind of a degree removed from all the other marvel heroes in part because he's actually a villain uh but yeah (laughs) like uh but that's again you know that's another great character that's built on that complexity you know that that the best marvel characters you know like like Magneto or Hank Pym to the Punisher, you know, they're all, you know, the, what Marvel has that, that, you know, nobody else has is characters like that, you know, characters that, that, that really, you know, uh, come at you from, from a place of significant moral complexity. And, uh, you know, that, that you can really put them in either direction in any given scenario and, and it'll still fit. Yes. um, you know that that's that's Marvel's kind of unique strength, and certainly in superhero comics. And so, you know, so uh, these issues were about bringing a lot. And and you know, we talked about Namor before. Namor, I think, fits into Absolutely. that category as well. Absolutely. So, well, that's so. You know, these issues have been about you know bringing a lot of those characters to the forefront. I think. Absolutely. Hey, honestly, you well, uh, and I've said it enough already on this podcast
0: uh, in the earlier part. You know, I, I'm digging the story. I think, uh, I, think so. I, I yeah, man, it's uh, keep it up, and uh, I, I think there are good surprises. And uh, again, it'll it'll be interesting uh, ten years from now, when uh, you know, five years from now, whenever people look back, and uh, you know, the, the, sometimes the stories they yell about the most are really sometimes pretty interesting stories when they step back and see the whole thing and, and see where, where you know what you're doing. So. Keep it up. I I think there are a lot of interesting random elements. And, uh, you know, for those of us that are enjoying the story, I think we're on, you know, the ride's been fun. So keep it it going. Hey, thanks, man. Okay, Nick Spencer, uh, in his own words, and uh, not, uh, I think, taken out of context, as had been the case recently a few times online. I don't get it. Whatever. All I know is uh, the guy's writing a hell of a story, and uh, I'm enjoying it, and I like his work on Captain America. I think he's only added to the story. And uh, I like the fact, too, that Secret Empire is still dealing with uh, some unresolved things from Civil War, too. Very, very interesting times, I think, with Secret Empire. And uh, we'll see where the story goes. We're only about halfway done with it. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of Word Balloon, brought to you by In Stock Trades at InStockTrades.com. You can get things like The Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Omnibus, Volume 1. This was the Black and White magazine that not only featured Shang-Chi, but also Iron Fist, and my personal favorite, The Sons of the Dragon. Uh, White uh, Tiger was in there, and that's some of George Perez's really, really early work, uh, as far as professional work goes. This is great, and they have a great, again, Nick Cardi cover. I was just talking about him. 1,120 pages in Volume 1 of The Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Omnibus. It's 50% off. It's $62.00. And 50 cents. You can also get the Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu uh, Omnibus Hardcover Volume 3, which uh, collects Master of Kung Fu from 71 to 101 and also What If 1977's uh, issue uh, number 16. And I believe that's uh, the Shang-Chi actually uh, being a willing son of Fu Manchu and much more of the weapon for uh, Fu Manchu. Very interesting stuff. Uh, this is seven hundred and four pages. It's uh, Doug Munch and Mike Zeck, and uh, it's fifty percent off, sixty-two dollars and fifty cents. There's also Marvel Masterworks: Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, you can get hardcover volume nineteen. Uh, this let's see how where are we at in the in the run right now. This is one ninety-three through two hundred two, and annual number thirteen and Spectacular Spider-Man Annual Number 1. There's a teen-up with the Punisher, Mysterio's in there, Black Cat is in there, it's her first appearance, Uh, you get the Kingpin, Doc Ock, it's John Romita's uh, cover, Marv Wolfman doing the Spider-Man writing at this point, uh, and Keith Pollard, among others, on the art chores. 50% off, $37.50. Some of the great books that are waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. There is a huge Marvel and Dark Horse uh, title uh, sale going on right now 45% off select Marvel and Dark Horse titles check out all the great deals waiting for you at InStockTrades.com thanks again for listening to today's Word Balloon uh, we've got great more stuff coming up uh, in the following weeks and uh, very interesting stuff we're gonna get a little uh, international in our next couple conversations on Word Balloon one I can tell you about immediately uh, a guy who I've admir- whose work I've admired for a really long time going back to My first exposure to him, Brian Azzarello, and he doing one of those Vertigo crime novels. It was called Filthy Rich. Uh, After that, I really fell in love with his own series, Polar. And currently, and I just talked to Frank Barberi about his collaboration with this creator, Violent Love. I'm talking about Victor Santos. It is a pleasure to welcome Victor to Word Balloon. And I'm uh, so glad that he agreed to this conversation. It was a lot of fun, and it's our next episode. So I hope you'll join me. If you don't know Victor's stuff, do do yourself a favor, really. Pick up Violent Love, the first arc, or some of his uh, wonderful books, including his Polar series, which uh, Dark Horse has put out into uh, three graphic novels. Just really, really great stuff. And I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Until then, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2017.